What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening into this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff on today's show. Um, obviously, we're still kind of reeling from the uh, untimely and unfortunate death of Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther star. There was a, a what looked like a pretty nice uh, private memorial that was held in Malibu and. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, and the Hollywood Reporter came out with a kind of an article talking about what the future holds for the franchise. So we'll try to have that conversation as respectfully as possible. Obviously, understanding that this is still a a just tragic death and a, and a really sad time of mourning. Um, also on the show, we'll talk about Tenet. It was a big weekend for movies and the future of movies and, and what movie going is going to be like, you know, in this COVID era because Tenet finally came out. We had the box office numbers. We also had Mulan come out on, um, they obviously had international releases, but they also had the Disney Plus drops that came this weekend as well. We don't have the numbers from that, but we do have some reporting on what the numbers may look like when that eventually comes out. So we'll talk about uh, just the kind of the big stuff that happened with those two films and what that means for the DC and, and Marvel projects that we care about. And then uh, some unfortunate stuff with obviously with the Batman you know, Robert Pattinson tested positive for COVID-19. There was reports that maybe they were trying to you know, push through uh, production without him. Um, that's now, even if that was maybe the plan, that's now not happening because more people on that set apparently got COVID. I also had independent confirmation that they did indeed halt production uh, because of Pattinson's um, COVID, uh, COVID diagnosis. So one, first of all, uh, prayers to him. We hope that he improves. Also, just the uh, the crew member that also got COVID. Prayers to them. We hope that they uh, they can return uh, safe and healthy um, to not just, of course, finish the movie, but just live their lives and, and go on because this is obviously a very very serious illness and a serious disease. So, um, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about this ongoing battle between Ray Fisher and DC, which I can't believe is still going on. Like I really thought we'd be done with this. And um, Ray Fisher seems adamant to make keep making this public but you know dc now seems equally as willing to have this whole situation play out in the public eye so i'm fascinated to see what my guys think about this uh, we're also going to talk about dc fandom part two which comes out next weekend so should be a good show obviously still sad with stuff uh, obviously with chadwick that we'll talk about in a moment but i do want to bring in my co-host starting with sham Sham, what's up, dude? What are you looking forward to talking about today on this Labor Day weekend? Hey, EJ. Um, uh, so of course, obviously, I'm happy to be here doing the show with you guys. So uh, this show, uh, considering how how successful DC Fandom was, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about some of the panels that they're going to have next weekend, uh, which I'm very, very excited about. Very excited to see what they're going to show next weekend, and uh, I'm interested to see to, uh, to just to talk about uh, some of the Batman news because uh, the Batman news obviously uh, you know not what any of us wanted to hear, and, and I'm certainly I'm sure it's you know even worse for the people involved that actually contracted the disease. Um, so uh, so yeah, I'll be interested to see to for us to have a discussion on that and and to um, you know uh, maybe you know maybe brainstorm on you know what their options are and what we think they should be doing going forward absolutely kendall joins us as well kendall thanks for coming on once again and what are you looking forward to talking about today um 
I think I, I think this is a very interesting slate of topics. I think people will enjoy this this podcast. So yeah, I'm excited for everything. But um, you know, obviously, I think uh, you know it'll be certainly exciting to see um, you know where where our heads are at with this Ray Fisher situation because um, yeah, we've talked about it for quite a bit. For the past couple of months, and there have been times where things have happened, and we just say, you know what, screw it. We don't need to talk about this Ray Fisher thing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's irrelevant. But we've now gotten to a point now where it's gotten too it's gotten too heated, uh, and the back and forth is now gone. Not only through it's not just some innuendo that Ray Fisher is kind of putting out there, you know. Now it's become it's become uh, you know reading statements and you know lawyer speak and PR speak. So. You know, this is something that obviously uh, has erupted. So we'll see you. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how we think this will play out and what the future holds for Warner Brothers and for Ray Fisher. Yeah, and I have a lot of interesting. I have a take on how DC is handling this it's, and it's strong. So I'm curious what you guys will think of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, as you said, Kendall, this is one of those stories where, you know, it, it was very salacious but as you said like it was kind of like innuendo he kind of was talking in riddles so you know it, it just seemed like not to at all discredit his allegations because I think we've all kind of you know stood by his allegations and, and said that you know whatever he's talking about needs to be investigated to the fullest but just you know it just seemed like a thing that would eventually die out and that you know to keep putting it into the news just it didn't seem to make sense on the podcast even though we had talked about it a couple of times but again now it's, it's huge i mean this is a pretty big week if this was uh the normal week we had over the summer where you know things weren't as happening as much particularly because of covid this would have been a top story like, this has gotten crazy between uh warner brothers dc and and um and ray and, and you know includes walter hamada now like it's just it's really gotten out of hand so we'll talk about that i'm excited to see what you guys think but let's uh, again start the show talking about um, Chadwick, so obviously talked about it a bunch last week. Chadwick Boseman passed away from colon cancer. He, of course, starred as uh, King T'Challa in the Black Panther movie. There was a, what looked like a very beautiful private memorial service that was held out in Malibu, California this past weekend. A lot of the Black Panther stars, I saw uh, Michael B. Jordan, I saw Lupita Nyong'o, I saw Winston Duke in those pictures. I'm not really crazy. I don't know if those pictures were supposed to be taken. I, I get, I picture i guess that they probably weren't so i was kind of that sucks that that was put out there but um but obviously it looked like a very emotional scene out there um obviously he also had his wife who was kind of you know the head of everything and 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 was riding by his side who had just recently married chadwick right before um he passed uh who had been with him pretty much till the end she was obviously there as well and um you know obviously it was a tough it's still kind of hard for me to even like it, I, I don't want to say I don't think it's real because obviously we know it's real, but it's just I don't think even yet I, it's still sunk in for me that Chadwick is gone. Like it's just I guess he had to me become one of these larger than life figures that like you know and we know no one transcends death, but it almost feels like certain people kind of transcend death, kind of like Kobe Bryant earlier this year, and and kind of seeing this scene play out in Malibu this weekend with you know. It just it just didn't seem real. Like it's still while looking at these pictures, I'm just like, I can't believe this has happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a horrible, horrific situation. Um, uh, you know, I I didn't 
um, get a chance to see any of the the images of the memorial, um, you know. But but I'm you know I'm glad they were able to have a a uh, you know a somewhat you know private memorial, um, and you know I mean I, I, right now you know you kind of just want to echo uh, sentiments of what we said last week. Yep. Um, where it's you know it's it's a horrible situation all around. I share your sentiments, EJ, when you say that. It's hard to believe, um, you know, when I and you know just scrolling through the various things I that you know I look in look at daily. Uh, I still see Chadwick Boseman's face, the titles regarding his passing, what we're gonna do moving on. I mean, this isn't stuff I thought I'd be reading for decades, but I mean, here we are. It's I mean, it's crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad they were able to have the service for it. Um, you know, it seemed like a lot of people were. One thing I did see was people comforting his his wife. You know, I saw a lot of the actors and actresses comfort, comforting, um, comforting his wife. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a it's a horrible situation all around. But you know, I'm glad people were there uh, to show support for his family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's been a tough couple of weeks. Obviously, um, like Shamari said, I definitely. Uh, you know, echo uh, echo what I said last week, uh, which you know is that this is obviously a very tough situation um, for everyone involved, obviously for the family involved and the people that worked with him, and obviously all the millions of fans that Chadwick had. Um, definitely a tough situation. I think we've seen this week. Um, you know, the conversation now has kind of. Um, you know, we saw the article with the Hollywood Reporter where they talk about, you know, which is also sad that, you know, Bozeman thought that he would be Black Panther. Uh, he thought he would beat this situation, uh, his health situation, and that he would uh, be ready to shoot Black Panther, too. Um, so, obviously, um, that wasn't able to happen. So, we're starting to see more and more stories trickle trickle out about um what people knew, what people didn't, you know, Nate Moore had an interesting producer of Black Panther, had an interesting story about him and uh, Bozeman and how Bozeman's last text to him was about uh, getting uh, something for a make uh, for a, uh, you know, you know, kid in a children's hospital. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of interesting stories have trickled out uh, mm-hmm. after this. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the kind of, you know, the relationship he had with the Australian guy who was telling him that, you know, he should be the Black Panther and that he's destined to be that character. And um, there's a lot of, you know, heartwarming, but, you know, obviously because of what happened, very sad stories um, about Chadwick and the Hollywood Reporter. Um, their article that came out, shout out to, um, let me see who wrote this. I know Eric Gardner contributed. Uh, this was Boris Kitt and uh, Tatiana Siegel. So, you know, shout out to them. They did a very expansive report on kind of just where Disney is at right now and, and, and how they process this. And I think it seems like they're taking the right approach. It seems like right now the future of the franchise really isn't paramount and it shouldn't be right now. Um, I think they last weekend they did as good a job as they could to try to um, honor him. And, and I, I, I appreciate Disney and ABC um, for for doing that, putting out that tribute, putting it together pretty obviously pretty quickly when you learn that so few people knew of his death like i saw like i mean not his death i'm sorry his his illness i saw um only his his producing partner his agent his trainer 
and uh, and the director of 42 were the only people who knew he was sick, and they all had varying degrees of knowledge as to exactly how sick he was. Um, so I, you know, I think you know, so far Disney and everyone involved there with Marvel, they seem to be doing a great job with um, trying to honor his memory in the best way we can. It's obviously a Herculean task considering he's such a giant, but um, but it, it does kind of put you in a position where once this grieving period passes, you know, what what do you do? Because this has become, uh, you know, obviously a very unique challenge that very few film companies have had to deal with where not just the loss of Chadwick from just, you know, he's the lead role of a movie, but just also like what he means to the world. And I know, you know, that it's not, uh, that, that can sound hyperbole when you're talking about maybe other people, it's really not with him. And how much the Black Panther as a franchise and the Black Panther to King Child as a character now means to the world, how you move forward is going to be, um, extremely difficult and you know obviously Warner Brothers had you know the Heath Ledger death and you know they moved forward how they did where you know he was no longer the character Joker was no longer part of the trilogy moving forward there was really no explanation about where he went or what happened to him he just kind of disappeared and you know we did end up getting another Joker fairly soon after but it still was a good time afterwards Obviously, the Fast and Furious had Paul Walker stuff. You guys are very familiar with the, all the Carrie Fisher stuff with Disney and and um and and obviously Lucasfilm, and they went back and forth for it to saying that they weren't gonna use Carrie, and then they did use Carrie, uh, and that obviously was a very controversial way in which how they put that together. I don't know. I don't know really know what Marvel could do here, but it's obviously you know the choices are very like obvious in terms of like there's two lanes you recast or you make Letitia Rice Sherry character the the new Black Panther and I don't know I I, I, to me I lean towards there's no one that's be playing T'Challa for a long time with the legacy that Chadwick has has laid the ground with I, I just think that Honoring that memory, I think, should mean retiring the character just for for some time. I think to just think that, you know, Marvel took heat for the whole, and correctly took heat for just thinking that they could just put another black guy uh, next to Robert Downey and that and he's Rhodey. And no disrespect to Terrence or Don. They both are great actors and they both did great jobs in the role. But, they, you know, a lot of people felt a way about that. I think rightfully so. I don't think you could do that with T'Challa. I don't think you could do that with Chadwick, considering how big of an icon he is now. I think the notion, I don't care who the actor is, I think the notion that you could just put anyone in that role and then you'd be good, I think would be a, a massive mistake. Um, you know, obviously the Shiri being the Black Panther, you know, story is very new and not long-lived. It's not like there's decades and decades of comic books that where Shiri was the Black Panther, but there is precedent for it. And I think that there are creative ways to eventually bring T'Challa back into the fold. We've already seen time travel be something that was really uh, beneficial for Marvel. You know, do you do a time travel element that brings in a younger T'Challa? 
that then grows up to become the you know Black Panther we didn't see later on. Um, but I, I don't I don't think right now if we're talking about you know right now it's hard I don't even really think about Black Panther two considering what happened. But if you're thinking about Black Panther two and you're talking about that hat coming out in two or three years, I don't there's no way you can put somebody in that suit that's not that's not Chadwick and me feel good about it. That's just how I feel. And I respect people who feel differently, but it's just too soon. And it's just he like I don't know. Well, I don't know. What do you What do you think, Kendall? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely an uh, an interesting an interesting dilemma, obviously. Because um, I agree that um, I think it's personally, I think it's too soon. Um, I don't I don't like recasting the character from a uh, one from a from a, a respect standpoint. I think you know Bozeman. You know, we've seen examples of people being recasted. Um, typically, they're not after they die. Um, you know, that's yeah. That's typically not, that's not, typically not not what happens. You know, we could talk about uh, Ed Norton in the MCU. We could talk about Terrence Howard in the MCU, um, or you could talk about you know the million Batman's we've had and Superman and whoever. But you know, a lot of those are contractual situations. Um, or for or, or other reasons that aren't um, someone passing away, um, so that's tough. But beyond that, I think from a from a story perspective, I think that the um, what the, the 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 chemistry that Chadwick Boseman had with this cast, to me, it would be kind of tough for me to. I think outside of the Black Panther universe, just in the overall MCU, I think you could recast Chadwick Boseman and it not feel super awkward. For him to interact with Tom Holland, whoever this guy is, Tom Holland, or him to interact with Brie Larson, because we haven't really seen that. Because the people that Bozeman interacted with, Downey and Evans for the most part, Evans particularly, but Downey and Evans are kind of now on the wayside. So now you can kind of insert him in this what whatever this new version of the MCU is going to be. The problem is that, again, when you're talking about the Black Panther universe and the Black, and Black, Black Panther 2 it's going to be awkward and borderline not believable because of how good that cast was and the chemistry, how close knit they were both on and off camera. It's going to be awkward to now insert someone else and try and pretend that he's a different person or try and pretend that he's the same person. So from that perspective, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be tough. Um, I think the Shuri thing is definitely a possibility. Um, you know, I think, Ideally, look, I think they messed themselves up, and not obviously it's not like they were prepared for this at all. But like, um, if you would have told me story wise that Shuri was around that whole time, like she hadn't been snapped, which is as far as he was, then I think it's believable that in a five year gap, like yeah, she's been the Black Panther, and like that's the story. You know, now she's Black Panther. Something happened. I don't know, but um. But because she was snapped, it's going to be tough. I mean, there's going to be some sort of time jump anyway, so you may still need to explain that. But um, but because she was snapped, it's going to be a little tougher, I think, to insert the Shuri thing. Um, you can do it, but... Um, and I think, look, I think Letitia Wright should take a more prominent role in the story, regardless um, of whether or not she's Black Panther or not. Uh, I think she should be one of, if not the focal point. Um, but, you know... I, 
did mention you, you mentioned there are only two options. I would say that I think there are two more that I would throw out there, particularly one. But like I think this one option can be split into a couple different directions. I think you can have a, a new character become a, a new character that we haven't seen or a character that we have seen become the Black Panther. That's not sure. Um, I think why I think recasting doesn't necessarily make the most sense is because Black Panther, as we saw in the movie, and it was a major theme in the movie that the Black Panther is a title that is passed down. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a lineage almost. Right. And it's, it can be held by anybody as we saw in the movie, Killmonger becoming the Black Panther essentially. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I think you can create, any number of characters. People want to. If people feel like they want to see J.D. Washington as Black Panther, or they want to see um, whoever John Boyega as Black Panther, or whoever. Kobe. No, <laughs> we do not need. That. <laughs> I told you, I don't know if I'm seeing Black Panther too. If, if they make Wakabi Black Panther, but, yeah, Wakabi um, man, Wakabi is the worst. Sorry to yeah, David Bluey, but I watched I watched Black Panther. I don't know if y'all watched Black Panther since, but. I yeah. watch this movie, I'm like, yo, this dude is the worst. Yeah, he's the worst. Every time I see him, I'm just like, screw, screw. <laughs> all, my, all my homies hate Wakabi. <laughs> Wakabi, there you go. You so, but I think you can you can include, I don't want to see, like, J.D. Washington trying to beat T'Challa. You could try it, but I think it'd be much better, like, you can include that same person, but not have them be the exact same character. And I think the move that I would make, that I think is the most respectful, that I think would be the best for the movie it it takes some cocky mamey things to get there, but I would make Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, Black Panther. I've heard people say that. That's not, you know, I think that it's the best from a story. The story is that's the part of it where you're like, I don't know how you get there because you died. How do you explain that he's back now? I mean, we've seen that plenty of times in the MCU and in other movies. People explain how people come back to life, but or you know, didn't die or something. I don't know, but um. Ryan Coogler, is a, he's a fantastic director. He'll figure it out. Feige will figure it out if if that's the route they want to go. But I think from, you know, Michael B. Jordan having that close relationship that he did with Chadwick Boseman, um, you don't feel like it's somebody coming out of left field now taking in the spot of Black Panther. It's somebody that was already on the cast. You don't have to worry about the chemistry issues. Um yeah, I think from a story perspective, I think you could tell a story where maybe Shuri is now the queen of Wakanda, but Killmonger is Black Panther. You know, like, I don't know. I think that there are interesting stories that you can tell um, that would keep that Chadwick Boseman thing mm-hmm. still alive, that energy still alive. Um, but I agree. I In terms of recasting, I don't think that, look, this isn't the end of the T'Challa character, but I think in this current iteration of the MCU, I personally wouldn't recast i think just like robert downey jr we'll see t'challa again just like we'll see tony stark again we'll see chris evans again we're gonna see wolverine very soon probably with hugh jackman we'll see black panther again as king t'challa very soon but man very very soon but eventually but and i don't know if it has to be 10 years or however long but it just can't be right now in the current iteration of the mtu i think once we get a reintroduction of uh, Steve Rogers, once you get a reintroduction of Tony Stark, and you want to start to uh, kind of reboot the franchise, that's when I think, you know, I would personally want to see a new T'Challa, but um, doing it right now, you know, I think Chadwick Boseman, he's on the 
he's on that pantheon with an Evans or a Downey or a Jackman where it's like you can't really just recast that guy. Um, it's too late now. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I mean, there are plenty of people that could play the character. I would say plenty, but there are people out there that certainly could play the character and be great. Um, you know, our dad mentioned Yaya Abdul-Mateen uh, from Watchmen and Aquaman. He, he actually would be a very good fit if you were trying to think about recasting the character. Um, and there, he also connected some interesting dots to where he talked about how he talked with Ryan Coogler about being in the movie, about not about doing a movie with Ryan Coogler, uh, which is also interesting. But yeah, I mean, like you said, there are options. None of them are great, obviously, but um, it'll be interesting to see where Disney goes with it. Um, I mean, uh, I tend to. To lean towards the recast route, I would not mind. Right. If they recast uh, Black Panther, um, and I mean, of course, you guys know I love Black Panther. Yeah, mm. I love Black Panther. I thought Chadwick Boseman did an amazing job as Black Panther. Yeah. For up to me, I mean, for up to everybody, I'm sure he would remain Black Panther. <laughs> right, right, right. Until he were no longer with us. Right, right. But. Or he didn't want to play the character. Or he just decided, yeah, or he retired the character. He decided he wanted, he wanted to pass the mantle on. Um, and I, um, and I, and, 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 you know, of course we had had discussions with our dad about this, you know, at, at length, because he's a, he's a massive Black Panther fan. And I tend to feel the same way that he did in that I am not done with the T'Challa character yet. Just yeah. in terms of seeing what they do with him. Um, right. I'm not done with him, and I don't really want to take a hiatus from that. I want to see what else they they do with that. Yeah, and I think it is. Um, uh, let's see, how should I say this? I think it is important that we he that the character T'Challa doesn't get sidelined. Yeah, or you know, or you know, written off. Or for really any, because I I want to see that character continue to grow within the MCU. Yeah, and I think you can do that. I think there are other, you know, black actors that can do that. And I mean, I think you can do it without you know disrespecting Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, you know, I think you can you can do it in the sense that, um, you know, you know, of course you would have your your you know you pay your respects within the movie. In your various ways, whether it be in acknowledgments before, before or after, or before and after um, the movie, uh, to just how you know how fabulously Chadwick Boseman played the role before, um, but um, but yeah, I just I think that you can, you know, I think there are other other talented black actors who who can play the role and who should be given the opportunity to play the role. You know, and um, but what do you say to the idea that we? I know you're saying that you don't want right. to have to wait, but what do you say to the idea that that we're not saying never cast a T'Challa, but just the T'Challa in for Black Panther two, which again we're talking about two or three years away. Mm-hmm. The idea that casting someone in that role after this massive tragedy. And having them just be T'Challa in the movie, no kind of recognition of... I mean, obviously, you know, you're doing your post and pre, uh, you know, memory, in memory of 
you know thing we that's assumed but no kind of acknowledgement of this massive change mm-hmm. i just feel like for me and i'm not i don't think that you or dad or anyone who thinks this way is disrespecting chadwick or his memory at all i just think the idea to me that yes i believe the black panther character is larger than even chadwick i do firmly believe that in my heart but i just think the idea that we could just swap him in swap someone in after like what the black panther as a movie did like you know what i'm saying like if maybe there wasn't a movie maybe i and the movie wasn't this cultural phenomenon that it was and is maybe i wouldn't feel as strong but it's like the black panther is now beyond just a comic book character he's now a a movie franchise and the idea that i could just swap in someone two years later and we're just gonna keep it moving I don't know if that that just I'm not saying it's wrong if it doesn't if it, that you're not as as messed up about it. I'm sure no one wants any of this, but for me, I just think that that's a bridge too far to cross. And why can't we just uh, make a story that allows us to move away from the child but bring him back, but maybe in just a different way? Like I said, I think to me, what I think would be really worthwhile would be to have like a teenage T'Challa. Like, I think there's a way you could absolutely have that Black Panther character go through something or do some kind of situation where that maybe sets him back years from being the man well, he was into being a teen. And maybe you had now this teenager showing, uh, playing the Chadwick Boseman T'Challa. I think that, to me, would be a much better way to, like, acknowledge him. Yeah. And while I just, having Shuri or anybody, I don't want to say anybody, I... I I know Kendall mentioned Killmonger. I've heard people say that. I think that Killmonger was too... I know he has a cult fan base and he was a great villain. Maybe Marvel's best villain besides Thanos. But I just think he was too murderous and terrible for me to then root for him in movies as like a hero. The way Black Panther is. So I couldn't see that. But I just think that you could absolutely then bring another young person up to then be the T'Challa again that you're talking about. And I don't think it would take that long. I just think two years just feels like a really short time to be like, we got to keep it moving and just throwing Yaya or anyone else in there. Yaya would be amazing. He's an amazing actor. But it's it's not about the talent or the skill. It's just like, again, what Chadwick, what, what, as much as Black Panther you? meant a lot to us and to, and to the world, we also got to announce that like Chadwick also means a lot to the Black Panther character. And I think that that to me also is where I don't see where just dropping someone else in there makes sense. He also made that role work because of how amazing he was. Yeah, what what I think it was interesting that you mentioned, EJ, and it was something I want to bring up, is that from a story perspective, Marvel... I don't think Marvel is in as much of a bind as Lucasfilm was in trying to weave in the story of Leia while i mean they wanted to include leia in the movie which they had plans for the character and it it, again it ended up becoming kind of awkward on screen uh which we've talked about uh plenty on imperial broadcast um and i don't fault luke's from taking it taking the route that they did um i think because the black panther is a character that is in full costume they could do something where he, he is around in the beginning of the movie Absolutely. And whatever happens, too. again, he runs into a portal and is thrown back in time or something, yeah. or 
you know, again, he, somebody, you know, some super zone shoots him with something. He becomes, like, I, it can't be anything corny, but like, or maybe he just dies, you know, like whatever happens in the story can happen. It, like, you don't have to address it off screen and it'd be like, wow, yeah, so exactly. died, you know, in the, in the, in the intermission of <laughs> one and two or in the intermission of Endgame and, and, uh, Black Panther two. Um, so that they do have that, um, obviously afforded to them, which I think is something that, uh, we could see happen or they, they could go with the traditional route. We just don't see it and it just happens. Um, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I think I'm just, whenever I think about, about Black Panther, you know, and I mean, especially when we talk about the movie, cause we, of course I agree. Of course we have to think about Chadwick Boseman's legacy. And again, I think there are ways you can be respectful to that legacy right. while recasting. Um, but I think, you know, we do have to think about Black Panther as well. Right. I mean, I think I'm just putting myself when, I, when I'm thinking about this issue, a lot of the times and maybe I don't know, I don't know, maybe I don't, you guys can judge on how important it is. Right. I'm putting myself in the perspective of like an eight year old kid. Right. Kind of like similar to when I was watching Star Wars when I was younger. You right, know? right. Watching that movie and being so blown away. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, seeing something like, you know, what you described, oh, is it, you get thrown into a portal or something. Right. It's somebody completely different. You know, <laughs> you know, know and, and it's like, what's going on? You know, it's like, like, what happened? You know, yeah. like, and yeah, would a recast look kind of weird? Of course. But like, you know, it's still Black Panther. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, it is. Like, like I mentioned like, it is. before, like none of, none of these agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, none I, of these are ideal. The kids, the kids, none of that these eight-year-old kid is going to be confused. Yeah, kind of I, yeah I disagree, Sean. I don't think, and that's uh, that's where I agree. I, I think that it's more confusing that you just see some other dude. <laughs> like that's the king of Wakanda. I think that as like a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, I'd be like, "Where is the other guy?" Like I fell in love with the other guy. And remember, we're not talking about Chadwick in terms of one movie. Because remember, he also was in the two Avenger movies that are the biggest movies Marvel's ever done. So we've had three movies, four movies if you count Civil War. Yeah. Well, you have to count Civil War. He was in it. So, I mean, four I movies with, with Chadwick Boseman. I don't think you could just swap him out. Like, it's I, funny you that's, that again, that's me. It, I'm not saying how anyone. Old was I, how old was I when The Incredible Hulk came out? Ten? Ten? Maybe? I think it might have been like ten, ten or eleven. And when Avengers came out, a couple of years later, I was like, yo, what happened to Ed Norton? Like, that was, what happened to the Hulk? Like, he looked completely yeah. different. That was my guy. I didn't know anything about any contract stuff. I was just, like, confused about why we have a new Hulk host. And I was a little disappointed because I like the Incredible Hulk. Um, You're confused. And and I think the only comparison, and I brought this up to Kendall before as well, when it comes to a situation like this, is probably with Dumbledore and, and Harry yeah. Potter. When the original Dumbledore passed away, it was a very sad situation. Um, I didn't like the new one nearly as much. Right. Um, but I mean, you adjusted, you know, you, right. you understood that this person is playing the same character. It was, you know, they said his name and you, you right. like, you knew, you, yeah, you knew everyone we, around him every, is the same. Yeah. Everyone around him is the same. You knew what was going on and you know, I mean, you just. But no, like that's but not. casting Dumbledore is different than casting Harry Potter. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I you know, know what I'm saying. Just, like, just, like because that's what that that's what that is. Like, you'd have to. That's like I don't know why I can't remember Homeway's name, but like that'd be like saying we're gonna do the next fourth Harry, fifth Harry Potter movie, and we're just changing Harry Potter. Like, 
that's a massive that's not a that's not just nothing that's a huge huge thing and to pretend like nothing happened like it was weird when they did it with chadwick and cheeto i mean not chadwick sorry cheeto and uh and, and terrence like like that that to me right. is just like and i'm not again i'm not saying we shouldn't yeah. have t'challa right yeah. i'm yeah and that's what i'm saying like none of these are ideal like of none course of these we are all understand that <laughs> Right. You know, if I mean, if it were up to me, Chadwick would be yeah, here. Right, if it were up to everybody, course. Chadwick would be playing Black right. Panther. But Something, I would prefer to yeah. see another to see and, T'Challa's story continue. And I, I think some people. I just think my, I guess my only thing, kind of real quick, right. is I just think that you can continue T'Challa's story, but it doesn't have to be just the story that you envision. Again, I think you could have another T'Challa. I think that again, my story, if I was doing it and I was putting this impossible, right. terrible situation, would be. Like Kendall said, you have the advantage of Black Panther being a fully costumed character. You could have a just a killer first act scene where he's fighting Doctor Doom or whoever it is in some crazy thing. And it could be great and you know, maybe you know, you're gonna have to have someone do the voice acting and that may be a little awkward, but you know, you get through it and you know, he he as we and like we haven't seen him lose before, I think that's one of the things that makes Black Panther also very unique too. Is that we've actually seen him like legitimately lose, and you, this battle he just didn't come out on top. And I don't know if I would kill him, but I do think that again, my vision would be to have something where he gets sent away in some way, and when he comes back, he's not the you know if I would assume the Black Panther character we see is probably like in his like early 30s is like how i envision him he's not that guy yeah. maybe he's 16 years mm-hmm. old and now you're telling now you're moving so, forward with shuri as your now, black panther but yeah, now you have this 16 year old t'challa who you know maybe shuri's like well now i went from being the younger sister and who was like just kind of looking up to him now i'm kind of like trying to build him up to be the guy that he's supposed to be and seeing that teenage character trying to play from the the, the acting story points of chadwick t'challa i think could that. be i think could be really good I think that that could be a good story, but I think the people like Shamari or anybody that feels like there should be a recast would just say that that's not that's not what they're talking about. Like they when they want a T'Challa I mean, story, I know. the story that we've seen, right. they want to see him fight Doctor Doom. They want to see him fight Namor, or whoever. And and what we can't we can't do that if you if you obviously. But my thing is, I'm that. saying you could have that happen still. I'm just saying, moving. You have to put yourself in a position where. Once that happens and you move on, now you're you're in a different ballpark, and you can still get to that level because the person. I'm not saying guys got be. I'm not saying I'm making him eight years old, you know. But if he's sure. Tom Holland age, when before he when he got Spider when he got to be Spider Man, that's twenty, or nineteen, whatever he was. Like, and right. now you're trying to build. He could be Black Panther in five years, you know, and then make sure he passes on the mantle to him because he's not yeah. ready. And now you have a, a younger actor. Who now has been in, in, in great, ingratiated into the Marvel universe? We're familiar with them now. I, I just what I think is interesting. Uh, yeah, well, that's how I, that's how I would do it. But yeah, I mean, and and I think I think really what, um, I mean, I think really what I'm, I just want to emphasize is, um, you know, is that again, of course, you know, you want to respect Chadwick Boseman. But I think an, another thing that is just, I think it just makes it more disappointing is knowing that there's, and, and there are, and, and there are a lot of like very talented black actors. Right. 
who I think could play Black Panther. Well, could they play it as, as well as Chadwick? Maybe not. Right. Right. But this isn't a situ- This isn't a a Carrie Fisher situation. To right. be blunt, you know, right. I don't think this is a Carrie Fisher situation. Where it's like, no, this is the character. Right. This literally is the character. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> right. This is not. This is not right, that. Right, right. You know, there are other black actors who are extremely talented. Right. Not that. I, who that's, can play this character. I, I agree about the actor point. Well. Which but is I, think why the, I think the only reason why you say. I think the only reason. And that's why my thing's always been split the difference and say, you know what, we're not going to make him T'Challa, but we're going to still make him the Black Panther, and you do something else with the T'Challa character somehow, whatever whatever happens to that character happens, and maybe still do what EJ's doing. I mean, I think all three of our ideas could be combined on some level, um, and maybe still do the thing where he goes back in time and you have a younger T'Challa. I don't know. Um, what I do think is interesting is from just a, and I don't want to look at this necessarily from a business perspective, but like from a Marvel kind of shaping their universe in terms of, you know, having the appropriate diversity. I think what's interesting is that, you know, EJ talks about making Shuri Black Panther, and I think that that is certainly one of their primary options right now. Um, if they were to move off Shuri, you would say to yourself, or if they were to move into the Shuri route, you would say to yourself, well, well, there are some people that would look and say, well, now we have no male black superhero, you know, in the MCU. But we do now have the the upcoming inclusion of Blade, which should be interesting. Right. And I think that they are also possibly considering that. I mean, I had the conspiracy before we, more details that come out that maybe they knew and maybe that's why we got Blade so early. But uh, it seems as if they didn't know anything, so that would maybe nix that. But still, now that we have Blade, they may look at it from a from a putting the puzzle pieces together, saying, "Look, we really don't have a primary female black female superhero right now." Um, they've talked about maybe doing Ironheart at some point. Um, I've talked about making sure you Ironheart, but we've had that discussion obviously on this air. Uh, but you know, we've talked about doing Ironheart, but maybe they feel like, "Look, we make sure you Black Panther." Maybe you have both of them. Obviously, you can do both and have blade and then look other characters can come in i look i think black panther is way more it's just first of all i think he's a better character than blade personally but i think he's also a more important and influential character than blade so i think just saying that oh yeah we'll replace him with blade is is the tough part which is why i would personally just say you know what make someone else black panther we haven't seen yet it could be i just i just think when you're coming up with that other person that's a black man it's just i i i can't killmonger is just not that's not something i'm for yeah and now it the thing on killmonger is that it doesn't necessarily have to be if we're talking about all these you know mystical hijinks like maybe it's a a killmonger from a different multiverse maybe he's a a multiverse where like he's his dad didn't die and he you know like Mm. he's more positive and but I don't know I don't know how they're gonna how they could spin that again that's that's not up to me that's up to the writers but that this is just like the that's the framework but I think like Shamari said plenty of actors I think look J D Washington has to be at the top of the list right now if you're Marvel for many roles um, you know obviously John Boyega hasn't been in the MCU yet uh, now I think they kind of they they use a lot of the best actors. Uh, in Hollywood, black actors in Hollywood in this movie already, so they're kind of, um, they kind of, you know, they've kind of, there are less options out there, obviously, but, 
Um, there are still other people that are continuing to emerge, and I think, like Dad mentioned, Yaya is an excellent candidate. Um, I mean, as someone else who hasn't been in the MCU. I mean, it, I think I think to, I think to 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 agree with you, EJ, on on a level. I think there will be some level of time skipping. Some there's going to be something. Right. I think they're going to do something. I don't think they're going to be moving backwards. I think they'll be moving forward. Yeah, that's the last question forwards. I want to ask to all you guys. What do you think will happen? I think they're going to. They will not recast. They will not recast the child. And so think, you think they're going to Shuri? You think they're going to Shuri? Or they're going to do the Killmonger thing or something else? They're not. We're not going to have some other guy being the same T'Challa we know. There's no way that's happening. I think. What do you think is going to happen, Sean? What do I think is going to happen? Uh, I mean, it's so up in the air. I think it's very it's much still good. early, obviously. Yeah. I, I, I think it's. I think it will depend on on what the fan outcry ends up being. The fan outcry right it's now very, is, is Shuri. A lot. I think I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Shuri. But we've seen now a, a momentum from a what was a, a silent group of people now saying, "Look, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should recast." So right. they're now becoming a little bit more of a discussion than initially it was all we can't recast yeah, before it was be all shuri. shuri i feel like they may um i feel like they're gonna do the shuri just because of how reactionary disney is and we've seen right. we've seen with lucasfilm right many a times so i think they're gonna end up going with shuri being black panther which i mean you know, still tell, you can still tell a great story. You can tell, you can still tell a fantastic story with Shuri as Black Panther. It's not what I want to see, right. but I mean, I think that's what they're gonna gonna end up doing. Well, obviously, you know, once again, major condolences to the family of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, condolences to his yeah. Marvel his Marvel family, who we obviously we saw it I, very emotional at that uh, at that memorial. Whatever they do, um, I'm gonna support the Black Panther franchise because. Just that's what we got right now. You know, we, we all yeah. we can do to to to, to move forward with Chadwick's memory is to support. And you know, right, you know yeah. these conversations they're not easy. And you know, some people don't even want to have them. And I understand that. I don't judge people who do have them. Obviously, we just did have one. Um, but the reason why people are so interested is because of how impactful and important this role was. Like I, you know, I didn't think that it was appropriate to talk, be talking about this after his death so soon. But um, I know some people have even still been like, you know, talking about Black Panther two and stuff. It's like I understand there's a death, and I understand that you know people are gonna cope and warm with it in different ways. But I think the fact that there was so much interest in the future of the franchise speaks to how important it was to people. You know, this isn't just a movie. You know, and um, I just think that these be, you know, said. I think there's a way to do it respectfully, yeah. and appropriately. I hope. The, 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 Sorry, yeah. Larkin, what are you gonna say? No, you, I was just saying. He's trying to come in, so I don't know what you're trying to say. But go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah I never yeah, said yeah, what, yeah, what Ken, I don't want to give his his. Oh, you never said what you want to do. Well, what, yeah. Well, I was I was gonna say I think what I think is gonna happen is that I think we'll get. Um, I think Coogler and Feige. I think they are now coming up with a list of people that they would want potentially but i don't think it'll be a recast i think it'll be some sort of new character and that the top of the list could be michael b jordan obviously we know kugler has a very close relationship with right. michael b jordan so they may they may just go in that direction but um i don't think it'll be a recast or sure which is probably the least probably not the betting odds favorite but 
Um, but I, I mean, think I think Michael B. Jordan though is a is a one of the leading candidates. Yeah, doing an yeah. Option. He, yeah, he he's probably the the, the third. I mean, right. also, yeah, exactly. This whole thing also makes me miss the whole T'Challa and Storm relationship, which I think, yeah. which I think we would have gotten. I think we would have gotten too. Still get it. But, I always thought it was going to be awkward with the Nakia thing. I've always mentioned that. Well, but I, I think know. the only thing with the Nakia thing, though, is that, you know, even watching the old the other movie, like, I mean, they made it clear that, like, this was a relationship that was not perfect. Right. It was, yeah. she was, they were very in and out. You know, right. And I and I got the impression that, were, you know, yes, this was a happy ending. They're moving forward together and whatever. But I didn't get the absolute present that there was no way that, you know, that they were going to keep moving forward with. Nakia. I think that there was a right. still a great chance we were right. Especially if Lupita Nyong'o was just kind of like, you know, I don't want to do this. They anymore. didn't even put her in Avengers. Yeah, like, exactly. she's not in Avengers at all. You I'm not saying you need to have her. I'm no, no. They but they had the money to do it. I mean, Avengers cost a fortune. They could have <laughs> paid a little bit more to just make sure Lupita had a yeah. role. But they show up in Wakanda and she's nowhere to be found. So, but now at least for Black Panther two. They can include Storm in the movie without having to worry about necessarily the T'Challa thing, unless you do. Like, yeah, you I'll be honest. I mean, I, I think the T'Challa thing was kind of. I think it was. I don't want to say it was an anchor because everybody really wants to see it, and I think you should. It's a great story, but like it, it was not. Pretty- it was kind of an anchor to me. Like it was kind of like okay, well, we want to do X Men, but we gotta tie in Storm somehow with Black Panther, and how are we gonna then get her back to the X Men? And you know. There is no good news by T'Challa's death, by, by by Chadwick's death. But I think for Marvel, from a creative standpoint, you know, if you're not talking about having, you know, T'Challa, to be well, see, here's the thing. That's also why I think making him a teenager makes sense. Because if you are going to do the storm thing, it's easy right there. Very you you, you, right you eliminate that. the Nakia stuff because now you know Nakia's not going to be with a teenager, but maybe he gets introduced to a young Aurora Monroe. And that's always that's interesting because I've always thought about the X Men, and I've always wondered like, well, I mean, look, I think I would make Storm younger. I think I would make all the X Men younger. Um, mm-hmm. And there have been talks about how the Marvel actually sees the X Men as a little bit of a Harry Potter kind of project, which I think is um, interesting. But if you do make Storm younger and you do introduce a younger T'Challa, that would be you know one plus one equals two right there. You know, yeah. very- and then you talk about doing. Like I said, you know, you guys talk about making, you know, you guys want to see the child story that we were going to see, but okay, how do you do an alternate child story that is interesting, that makes people want to care, that people will be fully invested in? That people will be one hundred percent fully invested in. If you got yep. a really great young teenage or young adult actor to play young T'Challa and his love relationship with a young Aurora Monroe, who then eventually is going to be join the X Men, become Storm. Come on, man. That's that's yeah, that's, e- that's easy. That's easy money, and I don't think anybody, including the people who would want to see adult child, would be mad at that. I think that that like that's a very easy. That's a, a very. It reminds me of. I, mean, the I, young, I wouldn't be mad at any kind of. The, I just want to see more Black Panther. The young T'Challa think, thing yeah. reminds me of the next Avengers movie where we had the his son in the movie, and that was, right. you know, right. Yeah, that was a cool character. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Either way, you know, obviously, you know, none of these options are the options we wanted. We all wanted Chadwick Boseman back. Um, it's terrible that we're talking about these alternate options because he's gone. And again, like I said before, you know, I apologize to Kendall for not getting him to give his two cents on it. But I would want to reiterate that, you know, 
Uh, obviously, it's a sad situation. We send our condolences to Chadwick's family, to his loved ones, to his fans. And we're going to keep trying to, you know, uphold his memory and his legacy as best as we can on this podcast and this YouTube channel as well, as much as we can. Because um, that was still a, a truly heartbreaking um, loss we, 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 we were dealt last week. Let's move on with the rest of the show, guys, and let's talk about the what what is the future of movie going in America? Because we did get finally some interesting and tangible data about the where movie going and the theater experience lies today. You know, on Labor Day as we record this Labor Day weekend, and a a tentpole big summer blockbuster movie made its way to theaters despite the pandemic and now the numbers are out so tenant which of course was the well uh the christopher nolan flick from warner brothers starring as kendall mentioned uh, uh david washington they did 20 20 million um domestically that includes canadian theaters as well and 150 million dollars worldwide that is nothing yeah that is a a colossal um, drop off from what they were expecting to do. This was a movie that now is looking like it could lose hundreds of millions of dollars if this is how this is going to continue to go. It did play, I believe, I saw in uh, about close to 3,000 theaters, which apparently is about 70% of the theaters a big blockbuster movie would normally go in. Which I was actually surprised it was there was that it played in that many theaters in America. Obviously, the major markets just weren't playing, just aren't open. So New York and L.A. there are no theaters open. So there was nobody saw it here. Uh, here being, I'm living in New York. So uh, for those saying, what's here? Um, so, but still, seventy percent of the theaters were open, which I think is a good, decent number. I can see why Warner Brothers would want to maybe give it a shot, and then you bring in twenty million. For a movie that was an easy $100 million at the box office first weekend, probably movie. This ain't good. Um, now, on the flip side, you say, okay, well, what's the alternative we talked about? We talked about the alternative being VOD. And in the same weekend, we had Mulan, Disney's live-action movie, come out on its uh, on its streaming platform, Disney Plus, this weekend. And while it's unclear exactly how it did... Rival studio insiders think that there's a chance that this movie did not do quite as well on the VOD service as maybe Disney had hoped. They think that the fact that Disney was quickly out there saying, yo, man, it's going to be free in December was kind of like a bad sign for someone who's foolish for someone who's trying to get people to pay money today to buy it. Um, so there's thought that maybe despite the fact that it was the number one trend worldwide on social media, despite that the fact that I did see a lot of chatter about the movie when it came out, it just it, there's concerns now that maybe this didn't do all that well. And then there's the talk about how there's basically a civil war going on behind the scenes in Hollywood between the companies, the theaters, and the streaming services. That it's just it's just apparently a bloodbath. So this is apparently your like obvious 
um, you know, this is fine kind of situation. If you're yeah, about yeah, you tell me, so you tell me we're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the you know the dog in the in the burning classroom saying this is fine position that we're in right now. Uh, Sham, what do you think happens, or what do you make of just like what happened this weekend? Um, so I think there are, uh, I think there are a few things that that can be taken from this. Um, and you also have to look at uh, past numbers as well. And there's there's just a lot to consider here in terms of what Disney's options may be going forward when it comes to their Marvel releases. Obviously, Black Widow is the, the closest one. Um, uh, now, internationally, um, I think it it you know if they wanted to still release their movies internationally. I mean, obviously, the United States is a mess right now. Uh, so no one's going to go to the movies uh, the, the way that uh, things are right now. Or I mean, I, I don't know. Some of our listeners may be going to movies, uh, but a lot of people are not. So, you know, if they were to release it, it release their movies in theaters. Um, but the way things are now, um, you know, people would not go. So, um, so I have to consider that. Now when it comes to Mulan. And I'm sorry, did you go? Did you go through the numbers? Of of what what they think. So Mulan, they think there's no numbers out on Mulan. To be clear, mm-hmm. it's just the chatter by chatter, rival actually. industry sources. Now, obviously, rival industry sources perhaps would have a reason to say that Mulan ain't doing that good, but mm-hmm. they also would have a reason to put out. Well, you know, it's not doing well if it isn't doing well. You know. So, you know, it goes both ways. It's not just, oh, right. they, I mean, they have an axe to grind. Maybe they want to put it out there because they don't like Disney or they don't like, you know, VOD services. Maybe it's a theater company that mm-hmm. have this data. Who knows? But according to this Deadline article, shout out to Deadline. Um, this was written by, I want to give them credit, uh, Anthony D'Alessandro. So shout out to him. He said, quote, rival industry sources with knowledge of PVOD are figuring that Disney may not have earned great pre-sales on Disney Plus for Mulan, where... The pick mm-hmm. was uh, available for twenty nine ninety nine. The studio quickly announced it would be free in early December on the service, and all eyes are watching to see how the film floats, how quickly the film floats to Amazon Google Play services before the free date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, there are a few things to keep in mind with Mulan, and I, I talked to Kendall about this before. Um, so Mulan is, first of all, it's a remake. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. It's a live-action remake of a movie that is um, that is better animated, in my opinion, having seen it. And I think people are pretty much hip to it online as well. That the movie's good, or it's fine, but it's better animated. So it's not going to convince people to want to buy it. And even in the first place, it's a remake. You know, so that's not something, um, you know. That's not something that people during a pandemic are going to, you know, um, it, well, when you're thinking about going to see it in, in theaters, that's especially not something that people would want to go see. But um, I mean, when you think about people wanting to you know, spend money just in general, uh, they may not be inclined to want to spend money on, on that right. kind of product. It's not must see. Yeah. In the in the vein that certain other movies could be a typical movie. Is. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to. Um, you know, you also have to think of just the quality of the product as well. And um, while Mulan got good critic reviews, the audience seems to, audiences, just regular audiences seem to not be as enamored yes. with 
the product itself. Um, so yeah, I mean that's just something that that Disney is going to have to consider when 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 they see whatever the results are of the Mulan presale. I wouldn't expect the I wouldn't expect the numbers from Mulan to be very good. Just just based yeah. on the nature of what the project is. Yeah. Even if it was like better than Aladdin, you know, even if it was you know, like this this you know, fantastic unless it was like legendary. All right. Like Jungle Book, you've got to see it. You, you have to see it. it. Revolutionary out, effects, yeah. revolutionary anything, which I don't, I wouldn't have really expected. Then, if it's not something like that, then I wouldn't expect it to, um, to do very well. Honestly, this kind of movie in VOD. Now, would Black Widow do well in VOD? Possibly. I would buy Black Widow. Um, you know, but you have to. You know, think about the nature of um, of VOD, and especially with it being linked to um, linked to Disney Plus accounts. Um, I mean, one person can buy it and share it with fifty people. Yeah, you know, and they can all watch it. I mean, VOD. I mean, in theory, you can do that with any VOD service, but I mean, who's going to do that with I don't know Vudu or or uh, you know, or yeah, you know, Google Play or or whatever. Right. Who's really who's going to be doing that with with you know all these other services with Disney Plus? People already share their Disney Plus accounts, right? Right. So yeah. I think you're going to see it a lot more on Disney Plus. So it's it's just it's a lot to consider. I don't think these whatever these Mulan numbers are, I don't think they're going to be representative of what Black Widow will be if they do if they did release a VOD. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have to consider those things. And when it comes to Tenet, um, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Tenet is about as big as I would expect Black Widow to be in terms of its release. Maybe, you know, the quality seems to certainly be up to par. So it's about as big as what I would expect Black Widow to be for a Nolan Warner Brothers major motion picture. So they have to take those numbers very seriously yeah. in considering so- what they would want to do. So I think Disney is in an interesting spot because I think Shamari laid it out well in that when you look at Black Widow particularly, like, I don't know, Wonder Woman, they seem content to just, you know, we'll wait it out, you know, but it's coming out in theaters. Or we'll just do what we did with Tenet. But when you talk about Black Widow and Disney, they're in the interesting predicament where, like you said, there is comparison to Tenet. Um, but they have to say to themselves, Tenet was a movie that word of mouth was not spectacular. It was it wasn't like the movie was awful, but it just wasn't like again a must see, gotta see it uh, type of situation. And Tenet comes in with no prior fan base. No one has his own group of people that love his movies, obviously. But it's not the MCU where you. I think there will be more people. I don't know how many more, or whether or not it's a number discernible enough to feel like they're going to make money. But I think there are going to be more people willing to risk willing to risk it in a pandemic to go see black widow than it would be to go see tenant because totally agree because of that mm-hmm. prior fan base and and the mcu movies being in, inherently must see for every single one of them it, it's, it's an excellent business model that they've created and one thing you have to see everyone and one thing that's kind of ironic and it's already cut you off but one thing that's yeah. kind of ironic with regards to the mcu is i think the nature of the pandemic will also also make people want to go do something as well 
So they'll be more willing actually to to do something to get out of the house. Right, and they'll see something Black something fun. Yeah. Something fun, something enjoyable. But we didn't see that with Tenet. That's the only problem. Now, maybe because Tenet's Tenet. And it's right. like, I, I don't know. Well, that, yeah, we, we've had that discussion. I think Warner Brothers was hoping that they would get that with Tenet, where it would be people just so like, gotta get out of the house. Yeah, which is why I think you they know, should take the, the warning very seriously. theaters yeah. are open, so let's go see it. And I just think to me, I mean, with Tenet, I just feel like, and you know, we've talked about it. I, I've made the case that, you know, I don't know if I did it on air or off air. We had an argument about how... I think Mulan would have seen Tenant in the box office showdown. I really do. Because, I mean, it was marketed well. It had everything. But, like, Christopher Nolan's, like, like his movies that aren't Batman, like, purposely kind of, they're kind of promoted in a way that's very, like, weird. So I don't know if, like, during a pandemic when everyone's attitude is, like, again, how do I survive and when will this end? I just don't know if people are paying attention to, like, this movie, even the way it's being marketed. It's just not going to be on the forefront of your mind. Like, Mulan, to me, is more recognizable, more obvious of what's going on. And I think that it's more of a – it's just a different thing. I don't think – first of all, I don't think either of these would have done well in this climate. I was talking about pre-COVID climate. But especially in the COVID climate, I just don't think that Tenet – was the absolutely was not the right movie to try this with. I don't think. Right. Now, on on the Mulan side of things, when you look at Black Widow, you yeah, it's tough because I agree with Shamari that Black Widow probably isn't the most indicative of what um of what would happen with Black with Black Widow because Mulan I mean, Mulan, that, I mean, Mulan isn't as indicative. Yeah. You yeah. know, similar to similar to what we said about Tenet, Mulan even more so is not a must see movie. It's 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 a movie like you said, it's people we've people pure nostalgia it's a pure nostalgia trip. Yeah, it's pure nostalgia. Nostalgia and people who who like identify with the Asian representation. Right. Most of the people that would buy Mulan have seen the original. I've seen Mulan. You know, and so that's not it's not said they wouldn't they aren't buying it because they want to see the live action. That's why we saw it. But there are also those same people that would that also said, "Why am I paying thirty dollars for a movie I've already seen, like for a streaming service that I already pay for?" And I think people were turned off by that. And I think Disney and even myself miscalculated how many people would be turned off by the extra thirty dollar charge. I thought I know, people I would be more great. I wouldn't say grateful because that's a little strong, but I thought people would be more uh, impressed that Disney was even releasing these movies. Um, but that's not the attitude. The attitude for it seems like I don't know if it's a majority, but there's a there's a there's a loud portion of people out there that are really mad that Disney has decided to put these movies out um, in a way that is they feel just cash grab. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, my girlfriend basically said this is ridiculous. Yeah, she, you know, would have been willing to to watch this, but said thirty dollars. Yeah. For something where you're already paying for a subscription. Yeah. That's like robbery, you know. And I feel like that's <laughs> that's yeah. the sentiment of you know, just most people. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, it's tough. Again, I I you know, I was thinking about this from a CEO mind, so maybe I was out, just as out of touch as everyone else. But I just thought that, oh yeah, thirty dollars I mean, is what the UFC does. Now Now we're willing to to pay that, but our is your, yeah, everybody. Everybody. Wants to pay. Not everybody wants to or feels the need to, or and so obviously because of that or can. So it's 
that's the tough part. Where you look at Black Widow, would Black Widow be any different? I think the apathy towards paying would be still there, which is why it's concerning. Um, I think if you're Black, if you're Marvel and you're Disney, I think you still have to release it on Premier Access. I would do hybrid. I would just say, look, if people want to see it in theaters, they can go see it in theaters. I'm not going to stop them. Uh, you don't have to see it on Disney Plus. You can see it in the theaters if you want. Right. But if you don't, you can see it now. I think what they can't do, which is what some people were saying, which I think is probably the smartest from a fiscal standpoint, from a financial standpoint, would be pushing everything back. But that just causes too much damage right. um, into the, to the timeline, to the to the schedule. So I think, look, I think you have to release it. And I think I would just do a hybrid VOD plus um, plus theater. Um, I would just split the difference and you'll make your money somehow. It won't be the same, but you're going to have to be willing to take the loss. I think Warner Brothers took too big of a loss by just saying we're not going to release a VOD because we would have we would have bought Tenet. Like, if Tenet would have been oh, released, yeah. I would have bought Tenet. We would have bought Tenet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many how many of those people that went to go see it in theaters would have not seen it or would have saw it on VOD. Maybe half? Not even, maybe probably less than half. For those, those people that are willing to risk it in the pandemic, yeah, probably were willing to risk it anyway probably didn't care because again i don't know if tenants a movie where i'm like man i I'm yeah it's really... me yeah it's me like they're those yeah. people that you're, saying. you're just yeah. looking for a reason to just be out here exactly yeah. so like they would have saw it in the theaters anyway which is why if you're black widow like if those people really want to go out and see your movie in theaters they'll go and they'll, they'll see it in theaters anyway but you have to provide the option for the people that would and like to enjoy a new movie it's like we saw mulan and we would have bought tenant had they released that but aren't willing to risk it in a pandemic. So right. I, I think that's the option right now if you're looking at all, you're weighing all these, all of the, all the data here. But I, EJ is right when he says that this is not fine. You know, like oh yeah, is this is a mess. This is a, this was this was no, no one had a good weekend. The yes. theaters didn't have a good weekend. The streaming services didn't have a good weekend. The film company didn't have a good weekend. This was uh, bad. And, you know, I'm, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, they could spin it and say, look, like, we knew this would be bad and at least we we're going to recoup something. But no one could have anticipated, um, obviously, before the pandemic that you spent all this money in this movie and this is what now you have to show for it. I don't know what comes next. I think that uh, Disney made a huge mistake with the it was a mistake with the 30 hours the price was just a little too much i think i think that you know they could have done 10 or 5 and i feel like uh five is too cheap five may be too cheap but i feel like ten dollars or fifteen (laughs) dollars i feel like 10 or 15 dollars like i think people would have been cool with even that i think people would have been cool with it but even then from a business standpoint for a family of five 15 bucks for Black Widow is an absolute steal. I know, but yo, fam, it's a pandemic. Like, I get, like, I totally understand the idea that none of this is ideal, but you're trying to recoup as much as you can during a pandemic. The idea of just trying to try to rob people during a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Just, it's going to turn too many people off. It didn't turn me off. Because I felt, because to me, I felt like me maybe understanding the business act and being like, okay, well, I saw this in the theater, I bought popcorn, I bought two tickets. You know, I bought a drink. It would be thirty dollars. It's a thirty dollars exactly. trip. So I I didn't mind it as much. Um, and when I say thirty dollars trip. I mean if I went with you know my girlfriend. Like if I went by myself, maybe it was thirty dollars. You know, it's 
you know, it's still maybe twenty, drink. you know, yeah, yeah, sure. whatever. Yeah. But like, you have a fifteen dollar ticket plus drinking. Well, I only say that to say that if you went, I mean, if you went to a matinee show, you can get in for a very cheap. So that's why it depends. Uh, but yeah, but sure. but. <laughs> 25 20 but yeah either way like so to me like i got the price from that standpoint but i think right. but i think from people gotta understand that like i'm not trying to say i'm the genius but nobody's thinking like i am or or you guys are like you got like we are movie buffs and we are we follow this stuff on a daily basis so we kind of have a perspective that's different and appreciation that's different. So we're willing to give a Disney a little bit more rope with like something like that. But the, just the average American is just not trying to hear $30 after you've already paid however much right. you pay a month to be, be on Disney+. Plus. Nobody's trying to hear that. Not the average American. Nobody's thinking about, well, what if you went and seen a movie? They're like, it's a pandemic. I can't go to the movie theaters. Like, I'm already paying you money. Like, if you're going to give it to me, give it to me. So that was just... That was, it made business sense. Well, no, it didn't make this business sense because it didn't, it didn't, it might not have worked. But it made logical sense from that standpoint of, well, if you're trying to even up the money that we lost from not having in the theaters, $30 sounds about right. But it just wasn't, it was wrong. <laughs> it was right, but it was wrong. And and I think if, I hope it just doesn't mean they won't try it with Black Widow. I think if they do, they they have to they just have to lower the price. You know, like I think that you, you can't give people, you can't tell people buy, you know, download my service and then pay me thirty more dollars for a movie that look, let's keep it a hundred. It's gonna be out there as soon as it hits that. People are going to be watching it for free. That was yeah, that was the part of this that was foolish to me. Like if I'm Disney and I'm releasing this thing, quote unquote, premiere access. I'm not. I'm not putting it out on Disney Plus till like February, like personally, or at least January. And if you're mm-hmm. announcing that you're putting it out in December, why are you announcing it? You know, they don't. These movies don't announce these things when they're in a theatrical window. Yeah, they, yeah I'm not sure. You know, I, it's just to me yeah. like that's that's I a bad strategy. I, yeah, I don't really understand that strategy. Um, another thing that they that you know just to to add to EJ's point is, I mean, it's not just a pandemic. We're also in an economic. Crisis. Recession slash depression. Yeah, people aren't going to be wanting to pay thirty dollars plus. You know, it's people like, don't have it. Yeah. They don't have it. Yeah, to sit at home and watch something. Yeah, that I could just download because it's probably online illegally anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean, right. blunt, you know, to be honest, that's what I'm trying to say. It's out here. The movie's out there. Out here. Not. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying that's what people are doing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what's happening right now, especially people our age who are maybe struggling and you yeah, know tech savvy, yeah. tech savvy, but they're still struggling economically. Like right. they're just gonna watch it, and it's a remake anyway. Right. They're just gonna watch it. You know, no one's gonna pay that money. <laughs> no normal person that's not someone like us <laughs> is gonna pay that money. Right, so yeah, right, Disney right. just completely miscalculated. Um, another thing that just to note is that you know Trolls, which is the movie that came Trolls. out that that did surprising <laughs> that did surprisingly well. You know, yeah. for what? You, yeah, because they hit the they they met that moment that I was talking that about. That moment that Kendall was talking about, <laughs> where it's like when everybody was like, "Yo, there's nothing to do, nothing to watch." Yeah. You should have just released everything. Yeah, and and they actually were able to get uh, fifty million domestically, which is pretty good for VOD. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's number really good. That's a number they probably yeah, got any. Yeah, uh, that was over six days, but regardless, it's still very good. That's yeah. excellent. So yeah. I mean. I would anticipate Black Widow 
if if it's you know released appropriately and priced appropriately and all that yeah i think it would I, it should be able to do at least that at least that well i would imagine especially if the movie is as good as i would expect it to be so you know they have to take all this into consideration and again i don't think mulan is kind of, is a good representation of how well black widow will do if they release a vod yeah um you know i think i think black widow would do much better release one more trailer like get people excited that movie is 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 everyone's gonna see that movie whether or not again legally illegally i don't know i don't know how much money they're making (laughs) but there are going to be very few people in america that are going to say nah i I skipped that i don't care yeah there's going to be very few people in a pandemic where there's been no no there's nothing to do there's no nothing to do there's nothing to do there's very little sports there's no new no new movies anyone that's even remotely interested in superhero movies any kind of scarlett johansson action movies spy movies this is going to be the movie that will you know hold it and when is it supposed isn't it supposed to come out like around like election time too people are going to need a distraction from that so people are people will watch this movie Yes. There's, there's no way they're making that election time date. There's no way. You don't think it's coming out in November? No way. I think it still will. They, yo, you yeah. want to talk about turning on fans, man. You're going to make me go to... A, I've heard there are no theaters in New York. And I, and trust me, the way the governor and the mayor have been acting here, there ain't going to be no movie theaters open for no... <laughs> well, yeah, for I don't know. Year. I, I so you're going to tell me... You, you're trying to tell me I cannot access or see this movie because of a pandemic and you're still going to put it out no like, I think that, I think it would be no, I still think it'll be yeah, VOD, it'll be VOD. Oh, I just don't okay okay I'm saying but no right now they're not doing that right now they're saying now I'm they're saying there's no way they're seeing that date in theater no they're not, they're not doing a theatrical release okay yeah I'll, that's what I'm trying to say yeah, I agree with that that no. would be foolish no um, VOD that's different I can't I that I, I think it's possible there's no way you're seeing a theatrical Black Widow in November. Wait, it's not happening. If you just say you're going to do that, you know how many people would just be like, <laughs> screw you, Disney. They just download it. Yeah. Google right. Would- it's just the, the, the people would be so angry. Like, I would be angry. Because it's like, I don't feel comfortable going to a movie theater, and I have invested so much into your franchise that, that you would just do something so callous just because you're just trying to get a buck, and you don't want to do anything that yeah. would be a little bit more challenging, like putting it on VOD, and maybe you'd have to market it a little differently. I would, now, it would turn me off as a fan. I'd be very upset. The domestic, I mean, the the international numbers for Tenant are encouraging. That like, well, well, the, it, well, let me let me tell you something, Kendall. The international numbers for COVID are way more encouraging than they are here. Yeah, you there you go. Have, yes, there you go. <laughs> so that's that's a big that's a big part of it. I'm not saying yeah. you know. I know there are other countries that are doing poorly. But I guess the places that this movie would have came out internationally in, they definitely ain't doing as bad as here. Exactly. No, not so even close. Not even to the five percent as bad. Disney more a little bit more leeway to say, you know what? We'll take the blow domestically, but we got to keep the schedule intact because we'll still make some money internationally. And again, I, Disney's bleeding money, man. I, I can't see them saying we're gonna push this thing. I'm back. really, I'm actually really scared about. Uh, Marvel projects getting cut. That was the other thing in that article too. I mean, you got to move on. We've been on this for a long time, but um, but the article, oh, not that Marvel article. I saw from a cosmic cosmic news article was saying that uh, that projects are getting cut left and right at these companies. And you know, Marvel. We talked about Marvel's very very ambitious 
movie movie slate that they put out last year at Comic Con that we even all said that man, this is gonna be very hard to pull off, regardless of whether or not you were making a lot of money and there wasn't a pandemic and all this stuff. I don't think there's any way the slate that they put out is gonna happen the way they said it will. I don't know what that means. I don't even like, I I couldn't tell you what the what's gonna change, but you can't tell me with all the money they lost they're gonna be able to adequately budget all those superhero movies with those price tags in that time period that quickly. There's just it's impossible, in my opinion. I don't know that I, maybe I could be very wrong. I could be wrong with anything I say on here, but when you consider just how bad things are, and this was again not a good weekend for anyone, and it don't look like there's anything good coming around the corner very soon. It's a uh, it's a, it's a rough time here. Speaking of obviously COVID and its terrible impact, it's it's touched one major project we've been following, the Batman. So uh, Robert Pattinson last week uh, it was announced that he had tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um, and I could uh, say again, like I said at the top of the show, I could confirm independently that they did indeed halt production because someone on the set tested positive for COVID. That person ended up being Robert Pattinson. Um, then there were reports that you know other uh, people may have also then tested positive beyond Pattinson. Variety said that quote is un- it's also unclear if Pattinson has symptoms of disease or if he's asymptomatic. Warner Brothers 3 behind the film did not confirm that the star has a positive and would only say a member of the production had. But all the sourcing has said that it is indeed Robert. Um, there was initial reporting that maybe they would they were gonna try to push forward without him and maybe do body doubles in certain instances, but that's now just saying that that's not happening and that maybe only crew members who you know are doing construction work on sets and props, they're the only ones who are being told maybe if you are not sick, can you come in and, and continue this work? But um, but it's uh, it's 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 quote unlikely apparently that anything will be shot until the two week quarantine period that Pattinson was placed in will end. So you know, obviously, you know, not much commentary here other than you know, obviously, prayers to Robert and and prayers to anyone else on the set who may have contracted this illness. Um, this is going to be a tough. Well, I guess a little commentary here will be. This is going to be a little tough. Uh moving forward because you know I was surprised honestly that they were continuing production this soon like I, I thought that uh, it's just this disease this illness is just so unpredictable like the idea that you think you could just you could do a full movie production and not have COVID cases without you know NBA like bubbles to me it's just it just seems not impossible but like it just seems very unlikely and me knowing how much I don't well. I don't know how much things cost, but I know they cost a lot. And me like knowing just like every day you lose production is like crucial. Like to me, like I wonder how much. It, like I know like you not producing anything is like burning money, but I also feel like how, what happens of you like showing up to start doing something and then like having to stop every couple of weeks. That also to me has to burn money too, right? Because wouldn't it make more sense to just wait until the whole thing rides out and hope that you could then push through later? I don't know. But either way, um, it's an unfortunate situation. I, my one number one priority is, of course, everybody's safety. And, um, and then I guess we'll have to see what happens with the Batman after this. Sham, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I echo your sentiments of just, 
you know, wishing the best for Robert and, and the, the crew members that ended up catching the virus. Um, it's a very, very scary situation um, to to know that that someone you know has it or that you have it, I would imagine as well. I, I don't have it, so I, you know, I cannot relate it just directly in that respect, but it's still a very scary situation. Um, so, of course, I hope he's doing okay. I hope everyone he knows is doing okay. Hopefully he didn't spread it too much to, to you know, too many other people. Um, you know, I, I'm with you, EJ, just in that um, I didn't realize they were still shooting. You know, I, I I pretty much assumed that everyone had kind of stopped for the time being and that there would maybe be an announcement that they were still, you know, because I know they released the trailer and everything. I thought that was just stuff they had done before, you know. So I didn't know they were still shooting while all this was going on. So that, was, that came as a surprise to me, hmm. uh, you know. But, but you know, I mean, I understand they have jobs to do. They They have uh, deadlines to meet warner brothers has deadlines to meet um and you know they don't want everything to just be pushed back um so yeah i mean it's it's a tough situation so hopefully they recover soon and um you know and just that just hope that everyone's okay really yeah yeah this is uh obviously unfortunate um you know hopefully uh everyone comes out uh, better from all this, um, you know, everyone, you know, nobody, uh, gets too sick from this, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, the Batman's gonna come out eventually, um, you know, I'm not super worried about that, it's just, yeah, and you just hope everybody, uh, involved, uh, is, is, is healthy, um, you know, we had Michael Rooker, uh, aka Yandu, uh, who's also gonna be in the Suicide Squad, so that he just got back from covid uh, the Rock, you know, just tested yeah, positive. Rock, yeah, family. shout out to The Rock and COVID, yeah, so. shout out to The Rock and his family. Yeah, a lot recovering. of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're gonna have situations like this pretty much every couple of weeks, you know. Yeah, probably. Uh, until we get uh, this thing under control, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you just, you know, hope everything's, uh, everything's uh, on the positive with that. Um, let's get to this controversy with Mr. Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers DC because this has become speaking of bloodbaths like I said earlier with the studio companies and all the theater people and stuff this is a bloodbath that we're seeing play out publicly in a shocking way considering that Ray Fisher is in I would say the most important project DC has that's coming out anytime soon he's in the movie um, and he's publicly fighting with the company that's trying to tell people to buy HBO Max so they can watch this movie that's coming out. This Zack Snyder's Justice League that'll be multiple parts. Um, so obviously you guys know, let's try to give you guys a little bit of backstory real quick, but um, Fisher months ago said that uh, Josh Whedon, John Berg, who was an executive at Warner Brothers and Jeff Johns, were all complicit in a toxic work environment that Johns and Berg were pretty much uh, acquiescing to Whedon's abuse of people on the set. None of this is physical abuse I mean, that I understand, but a lot of it's just it's how he treated people, which was very poorly according to Fisher. Um, throughout the month, as I said, he's 
as we said at the top of the show, he's kind of made allusions and made statements and kind of cryptic tweets. Some of them not as cryptic, some of them more cryptic about having more information to share at a time that makes more sense. Uh, John Jeff Whedon has not, Josh Whedon has not responded at all. Uh, Berg and, and Johns have denied the allegations of violence, I think, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure John's responded either, but I think Berg, I think, denied the allegations. Um, but things uh, took a, an even more interesting turn recently when uh, Fisher called out Walter Hamada, the president of Warner of, of DC uh, DC's film division, Warner Brothers film division with DC, saying that uh, apparently after speaking out about Justice League, Fisher says he received a phone call from Hamada wherein he attempted to throw Josh Whedon and John Burke under the bus in hopes that Fisher would relent on his constant, not constant, but his uh, his multiple, I guess, attacks, the only way I can say it, uh, of Jeff Johns. And that apparently ended up being a line that was too far for Fisher to cross for Warner Brothers not to say anything. So in a shocking move to me, Warner Brothers put out a statement about Fisher's comments a couple of days ago. And I'm going to read the full statement because I think you have to, um, considering what's going on. So he it says, and I quote, In July, Ray Fisher's representatives asked DC Films President Walter Hermida to talk to Mr. Fisher about his concerns about the production of Justice League. The two had previously spoken when Mr. Hermida asked him to reprise his role as Cyborg in Warner Brothers' upcoming Flash movie, together with other members of the Justice League. In their July conversation, Mr. Fisher recounted disagreements he'd had with the film's creative team regarding his portrayal of Cyborg and his and complained that his suggested script revisions were not adapted. Mr. Hamada explained that creative differences are a normal part of the production process and that's and that a film's writer director ultimately has to be in charge of these matters. Notably, Mr. Hamada also told Mr. Fisher that he would elevate his concerns to Warner Media so they could conduct an investigation. At no time did Mr. Hermada ever throw anyone under the bus, as Mr. Fisher has falsely claimed, or render any judgments about Justice League production in which Hamada had no involvement since filming occurred before Hamada was elevated to his current position. While Mr. Fisher never alleged any actionable misconduct against him, Warner, Brother, Warner Media nonetheless initiated an investigation into the concerns he'd raised about his character's portrayal. Still not satisfied, Mr. Fisher insisted that Warner Media hire an independent third-party investigator. This investigator has attempted multiple times to meet with Mr. Fisher to discuss his concerns, but to date, Mr. Fisher has declined to speak to the investigator. Warner Brothers Media remains committed to accountability and to the well-being of every cast and crew member on each of its productions. It also remains committed to investigating any specific incredible allegation of misconduct which thus far, Mr. Fisher has failed to provide. So wow, that's 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 a lot there, obviously. And Fisher, who's never been one to take any of this stuff lying down, uh, responded, um, and, and this is now continuing this uh, this this fight that's happening in public. So he he called uh, what happened in that statement a part of a quote sad and desperate game. By Hamada and DC, uh, he said in a um, a long uh, video, which I'm, I'm I'm not I don't I'm not gonna watch again. But he 
said that he that DC and Warner Bros are quote unaware of how many receipts I have for interactions that I've had. They do not know the people that I've been talking to. Uh, he said that again that this was part of a Hamada playing a weird game, a sad and desperate game, but a predictable one. He then went on uh, to say Hamada's excuse for the situation with Jeff Johns was Ray. I worked with Jeff on Shazam. I don't really think he would do that or say that. And I go, Walter, you weren't there. I'm telling you, you weren't. You were not there when the man used back channel communication to call me into his office and make made the veal threat uh, to my career. You weren't there for that. Quote, you weren't there when Jeff Johns contacted me in 2018, a year and a half after Justice League, while I was shooting True Detective to gloat that there was another cyborg being used in the DC universe in his show that he was producing. So the saga continues with Fisher versus DC and Warner Brothers. Um, I got I got this, and I said I had a hot, very very hot take and very clear stance on how I feel DC's handling this. Um, this is a disaster. Uh, DC could not be handling this more foolishly than how they are handling it, and. Part of me understands the kind of idea that how much can we continue to have someone who technically, I don't want to say works for us because, you know, he's a contractor or whatever. He's a contracted employee. But someone who we're, we're about to be promoting very soon uh, for a movie that's about to come out. We can't have this person continue to make these kind of veiled commentary about how we ran our company but I just feel like this now you've now thrown Hamada into this position and in this into the situation when he was in a good position kind of away from the fray of this drama all this drama was really all the like it's not Snyder none of this has to do with Zack Snyder specifically but that was like Zack Snyder era stuff that still kind of needs to be addressed that maybe DC, well, clearly DC didn't accurately or fairly address. And that was the, like the dirty laundry you're supposed to kind of leave there and kind of have Hamada and what he's trying to do here for the future separated. I know he's the head of DC and Warner Brothers, DC's film division, so I guess if you're talking about wanting him to be part of The Flash, you do have to have the guy who's running it talk to him. But I just feel like Hamada even having a conversation about anything that happened with The Flash, I just feel like he should have just removed himself from it. Um, I mean, not The Flash, I'm sorry, what happened with Justice League. Because as as everyone agrees, they, they don't agree on much, but all parties here agree that Hamada had nothing to do with Justice League's production. Now, what Hamada may have said to, to, uh, to Ray in this meeting that happened is now becoming he said, she said. But I think it was foolish for Warner Brothers to even elevate Ray's commentary, which I don't think... I think, again, a lot of people like me were kind of just like, okay, Ray's upset, still upset at DC, and I was going to kind of not care much about it. But them making the statement actually elevated everything. And now when you see the guy who's the head of DC right now that everyone's so excited about is now having to defend his, his character and how he's running the organization... Um, I don't know what I don't know what DC is doing, but they they should have been. This should not still be going on. I don't know why they haven't rectified the situation, but 
I, when I saw the statement, I couldn't believe that they actually were going to try to play a tit for tat with Fisher on this. Um, you know, we don't know who's right and who's wrong. Uh, it seems like Warner Brothers is just painting the picture that Fisher is just mad that they didn't feature his character as much. Um, and Ray is trying to paint the picture that DC, one, they were they were cruel and mean to everybody. That we don't really have much evidence for. But the other part being that me, my disgruntlement about how it was being written was then used and weaponized as a threat. That, that seems to be where this game is being played. I feel like throwing in the current head of your company in that mix was enti- was incredibly stupid. And to me, I don't I don't even know why he's even making. I don't like. I know I said that maybe he, she needs to make that call to Ray. I don't know if he does. I don't know why that's not like Muschietti or the or like Christina Hodson or someone who's working on the flag or even Ezra. Like, I, I just think that was a, a, a that was a mistake in itself. And then I think Hamada personally made a mistake even talking about any of that stuff when he knows there's an investigation going on about that. So. This is this is a mess and a half. Um, I don't know how it's gonna work out, but I, I just can't believe I can't believe DC put out this statement. This to me is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this is not a good PR situation. Obviously, no, for <laughs> anyone, um, obviously, so, like yeah. that is that obviously needs to be said. Um, isn't it funny how? Warner Brothers quick to come out when I would say quick because it took them a little while. But it wasn't funny how they, they, they got all these statements ready for this Ray Fisher situation. But Ezra Miller, they were silent. Yeah, I mean, I have so, a lot to say about that too. Yeah, yeah. I'll let Jamar handle that. But uh, <laughs> like the PR department now is in their wake. Now they're like, oh. Um, but yeah, this is a PR nightmare for Warner Brothers. Um, I think, I, I don't necessarily like blame them as much. Or, like, point to them as much because, like, look, they're in a weird spot. Now, I look, I don't know if they enabled this, whatever was happening with uh, with Joss Whedon or with uh, Josh Johns or John Berg or whatever happened with Ray Fisher and what he's, his allegations are. Um, so if they did, then I would blame them. But if we're assuming that, like, those guys were kind of just rogue agents in all this and like maybe people really didn't know about it or um maybe it just never happened then it's tough for me to it's tough for me to blame them because ray fisher has gone super he's gone rogue he's gone rogue and he's been very very yes. vague which would be the one kind of thing where i would look at ray fisher and say look you i know you don't want to like come out and just say anything but he's been very adamant that like he's not afraid to lose his career over this so if that's the case just come out and say everything like he's still dealing in innuendo and saying he's he's saying stuff happened, but he's not giving any examples of what he's talking about. And so because of that, what do you think quickly it, of it, the examples he gave? Warner Brothers a, a area to kind of manipulate situation. Well, exactly. not, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I, this is the first time I feel he actually gave us anything. So these examples, which aren't the examples he was talking about in terms of the abuse and the right. misconduct, but just. What do you, yeah, what do you like, make of his his interpretation, or not his interpretation, his his recounting? I don't know if it's true or not. His recounting of this conversation with Hamada, like, what do you right. make of that? Like, like, why are you going back to the Hamada situation? Why are you not afraid to give examples there, but you won't give me an example of what you're talking about? Right. With John Berg and Jeff Johns, 
Jeff, the, the, literally the example you're giving me, Walter Amada, is him saying, "Yo, I don't think Jeff, I don't think Johns would do that." And it's like, well, hey, all right, do what? Explain to me what? Well, he, well, he did say, in fairness to Ray, in that video, he did talk about the the threat about. Right, that's fair. About him. even then, and even, and the in the comment about the cyborg, be you know, I guess he's talking about a uh, homie from Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah, Javon Wade. Yeah, yeah shout out to Jovian Wade. What? What do you make of those allegations now that we have finally something? Even then, like those, that's that's not. Look, if that's what he's talking about, then I think this is being a little bit blown out of proportion. I feel like there is more. Yeah, if that's if that's the level. Yeah, if that's it, the, it's bad. Right. I mean, I'm not you defending know, but, it, but like it I doesn't mean, have to get. It to makes this. it seem like this is some kind of massive like abuse, like right. rampant, like abuse. something where like these guys shouldn't be in Hollywood. Like, of course, yeah, of course, like, people in power are going to make slick things, you know, off the record yeah. or not in front of, I mean, off camera. I mean, I know several people, people like. who face much worse abuse from right. employers. Right. I'm not, and I'm not saying one excuses another, but I'm right. just saying, like, you know, the way he's kind of portraying it as a, as like a massive, like, just, just a huge yeah. injustice. Yeah, we have to hit this. As if this is, this yeah. is a b- big cultural issue that needs to be squashed as soon as possible. Right. And I feel I like think. it could be, but maybe gotta, it is. But you got to give but, me yeah, yeah. something right. exactly. that's beyond, you know, oh yeah, Jeff John said that I have a better cyborg now than even you were. Like that, I'm not saying that's exactly what he said, but like <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like. Even like, if right. that is directly what he said. Right. So like, and I want to get Shan's thoughts on this, uh, and especially want to hear his thoughts based on the Flash stuff, but just real quickly, like, I think that's important because this is our first concrete thing of anything he's talking about uh, in regards to what he's concerned about. He keeps saying that Warner Brothers saying that I was upset about my role is so, like, not fair and not the point. So I think, OK, well, what is the point? And Kendall is making very fair points. Well, we don't know. And that's has been a little frustrating about this. So his thing was uh, his excuse for the situation with Johns, he says, was that I worked with him on Shazam and he's not bad. Um, okay, that's probably not the greatest answer by Hamada. Because anytime someone says something terrible, something, someone does something terrible, regardless, we've heard it a bunch, obviously, with these Me Too stories. Just because your experience with someone is good doesn't mean someone else's experience was good as well. So right. that was a, a poor answer and, and a poor a excuse. Of like Fisher being an actor and the talent versus uh, Hamada being an exec that is... Uh, right, and then that that power dynamic, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 problematic. Is it like the worst thing I've ever seen? No, I mean if he really likes Jeff and like he knows Jeff, he's like I just don't think Jeff would do that based on what I've seen. Like yes, Ray one hundred percent has a reason to be upset about that. Um, is this some like oh Hamad is a, a is, is enabling DC's you know you know callous and, and abusive uh, environment? I don't know if I go that far because um, even. You know, in DC's statement, they say he said it. Regardless of how you feel, I'm going to talk to the bigger people about this to get your concerns talked about. And Ray doesn't deny that that happened. So if I'm giving Hamada a grade on how he handled that, first of all, I, I would say he should have said nothing. But I, I give him like a C. Like I said, okay, you failed the aspect of like empathy, but at least you passed in the idea that this has got to go above my head. So that I was kind of like, uh, okay, whatever. The, the part that's more interesting is what John which is what you said like why is he even bringing Hamada involved with this because he shouldn't be I don't I think Ray and I think DC are both stupid for making Hamada any part of this because he has nothing to do with any of this but 
the whole thing about he made a he called me in his communication made a veiled threat to my career. Okay, I need to know what that is. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't believe that that happened, but I feel like both of these examples with the veiled threat sham and then him saying he was gloating about there being another cyborg in the DC universe. I just I need to know that. I just telling me that without context is still leads me up to I need to know more. Like I don't see this and think, oh man, Jeff Johns is like an abusive a hole and he needs to be fired immediately. Like right. now, do I think does it make Jeff Johns look great? No, it does not. He has still I think has a lot to answer for. I said that since the beginning, but what he's presenting is still vague but even in even in the even in him being quote unquote specific and saying oh these are these are things that happen the words he's using i need to know what that means because him gloating about cyborg or what did exactly did he say because the, the impression you're giving is he was trying to kind of make it as if like haha like you're you a cyborg or your days are numbered because we got another cyborg the days are numbered aspect doesn't make any sense because no way jovian wade was going to be on the big screen um, I guess maybe there's a theory you could say, well, now that they have a you know TV cyborg, they wouldn't want a movie cyborg. But I mean, that's kind of a leap. Still, I I would need to know more. Uh, you know, you know, back channel communication to call me into his office and make the veil threat to my career. Okay, well, what did he say? Like, he, he, he and on all and the only answers I get to that from Ray is. There's more to be, more will be revealed, and Which more will come. And it's just like, yo, like, like at a certain point, like you have a story to tell. Like it makes these people. There are people out here that have real issues with, you know, like you said, employer harassment or employer uh, violations, mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't drag this thing out like it's like it's a novel. Oh, chapter two, uh, you know, the Walter Armada conversation. Like, yeah. no, yeah. like. If you have something, let us know. But if you don't, then shut up. It's been weeks. It's been months of this. It's not been weeks. It's been months of this. Yeah, it's been months with this guy. Like, give me, give me something. And again, I think he has something, which is why it's frustrating. Yeah, I I agree. I think whatever he went through was probably abuse and was misconduct. And he, why, why are we focused? I know why he's focusing on Jeff Johns because Jeff Johns is still employed. Right. But I feel like the more severe allegations of whatever he has is probably coming focused more so on Berg mm. and Whedon. Probably Whedon. But he doesn't care about that because those guys are off. Those guys are done. They're not involved anymore. But to me, like, I still want to know what those guys did. I don't care that those guys aren't involved. And because whatever you're telling me about Jeff Johns is not probably not as bad as what Whedon and these guys did. And if it is, then let me know. And yeah, then say something. Yeah, then tell me what it is. Start with the games. Yeah. Uh, Shamari, go sorry, go go ahead on what you think of this. So, um, and I and I, you know, me and Ken have talked about this before, obviously. Um, so my initial reaction to all of this was, and you know, I kind of had the same reaction to to do uh, each each of you guys, which is why is Hamada even involved in this? And it seemed like he was trying to, you know, almost have a gotcha thing to Hamada, right. like, oh, see, look at what Hamada said. And right. I told Ken, I was like, I don't think this makes Hamada look that bad. Yeah, that's you what know. I said. Yeah, I give him a passing grade, not the best, but he didn't. I mean, this was not 
the it's worst. Like, okay, he was he was totally complicit. Yeah, he knew what was happening. Yeah, put him, put his job and, in jeopardy. You know, <laughs> like, or no. he was, or he wasn't like, hey man, that's just the business. <laughs> like he wasn't even like that. Like you, you know, know I'm thinking like, oh, <laughs> like he said we had a horrible guy. I'm just like, like saying, yo man, like I get what you we went through was bad, and like right. f Josh Josh Whedon and, and Berg, but like we have a larger company, and and I'm not saying I agree with this thought process. I vehemently disagree. But even if that's what Fisher is saying, he said that he was like, screw those other guys. They suck, but they're gone now. Jeff is here and we're trying to move forward with this thing. Let's just try to let's let's, we can we can go after what those other guys did. But let's Mm -hmm. just try to move on because Jeff is very important to what we're trying to do. Again, not the greatest answer, but I don't it's not what. Well, again, Ray is trying to make it seem like he's yeah, trying to rope Ray. Ray's trying to rope yeah. Hamada with those other guys. And that's not fair. Yeah, it isn't whatever Ray Fisher is trying to make it out to be. So that's kind of that was my initial reaction. Um, was what is the deal with with dragging Hamada into this and 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 publicizing what should have been a private conversation? You know, for for something that he said that wasn't even that bad. So that already kind of, you know. Uh, damages your, and it's not to me, but I'm just talking about just in general. It kind of damages your 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 um, your Standing. believability. Yeah. Damages your in terms of what you consider abuse and in, in or neglect or whatever whatever you're trying to say is happening here. You know, it kind of damages. It's like okay, so you're talking about this conversation that was not that bad, where he didn't say anything that was all that bad, and you're trying this out like it's proof of some kind of abuse, which is not. So. I mean, then he, he so he goes on to other stuff that happens. And I'm not saying he didn't suffer any kind of abuse. I'm just saying it doesn't help his case. Right. So, you know, and then he goes on to this other stuff, and then uh, you know, Warner Brothers have their response. I mean, this whole situation. How do you feel about the the Flash thing? I know you wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Well, in regards to the Flash, I mean, Warner Brothers. This doesn't. Then that goes into, I guess, the Warner Brothers side of this, right. which none of this helps Warner Brothers at all. This is obviously horrible for Warner Brothers. It makes it seem like, you know, with that lawyer speak kind of reaction, yeah, makes it seem like they they just don't care at all right. about. Well, we had independent investigators that he didn't want to talk to. Like, yeah, there was nothing. Lawyers. It's just all lawyers speak, all <laughs> legal speak, and it's just like legalese, <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, boy, this is just a big company. Yeah, you know that just is just you're our talent in. But where were the lawyers with Ezra Miller? Where were the lawyers with Ezra Miller? I mean, this guy's still, you know, this guy is is still. We have him on camera. Yeah. Where were the lawyers with, you know, Amber Heard, which, you know, you, yeah, very a lot there. of people, you'd be surprised how many people are still not OK yeah. with her. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the that? Warner Brothers has a lot. They're starting to go down this this. They're trying to get this reputation of just not caring. Yeah. Just being this soulless, you know, just suits Money that machine, just, yeah, just machine, just pump out more movies, pump out more product. <laughs> and it's just like it's not yeah. good. It is not which is good. which is a bad look considering like and not even that but also the layoffs like all that stuff like is a lends to that theme of them being like they're just all about business and suits yeah. and money but it's not good when they just had an event like Fandom and they're gonna have you just had an event like Fandom that was so supposed successful. to be about the fans it's supposed to be about the culture and and I think that Hamada 
cares about the fans. Yeah. I don't think he doesn't care. Yeah, if you watch that that panel with him, Berlanti, and um, Jim Lee. Lee, I didn't get the. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know Walter. I don't get. I don't and get. He's been very sense. shadowy and before even, that. Even going based on his conversation with Fisher, yeah. I think he cares about Ray. Yeah. yeah, I think he cares. You know about but like about everything going well. I think he's a you know the boss that wants everything to go well. And to me, the the legalese aspect of the the Warren Brothers statement was really foolish, particularly saying that, like again, it's almost like like it's like Ray and Warner Brothers are like two sides of like the same coin, like mm-hmm. Ray being like vague about what exactly he's upset about, and Warner Brothers using using these legalese very pointed words to try to say something that may be technically true, but is irrelevant so like you know ray responded to that statement uh you know with an email saying you know from i guess someone from warner brothers saying hey crew just got off the line with the investigator had to end the interview early before going into detail with him he's definitely been put on the case by warner brothers pictures not media his findings will go directly and solely to warner brothers he also had a person on another person on the line as a witness which we weren't made aware of i told him I needed to have a rep on the line as security uh, for myself. Uh, he tried to keep me on the line, but I told him I would need to consult my team before proceeding. So that was uh, that was a uh, that was Ray's, I guess, email um, to mm-hmm. uh, to 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 them after this whatever phone call they had. And then Ray says, like, I, I met with the person via Zoom on August twenty sixth, and here's an email I sent to. Uh, I sent to uh, his team after the email. Um, and he says that, you know, this is an example of, you know, DC, uh, you know, elevating this to a level that's ridiculous, which in that sense, I 100% agree. Like, like he says that I hold, I said from the beginning that I needed to vet whoever they got. So Warner Brothers, but this legalese about, we had the investigator talk to him, but he refused to talk, which isn't necessarily true. He did talk to the person. And oh, but he didn't provide evidence. It's like, well, you know why he didn't provide evidence? Like, like you you saying stuff that's very easily provable. Like, why would you say something that's so again? Nothing they're saying is technically wrong. It, like the, the fact he didn't talk to him was wrong, but the idea that he didn't talk to him about the case is like it's so easy to prove. Okay, well, why why didn't he prove? Why didn't he talk about the case or what went into it? And it, it, it's just like. These are, it's both these sides just look nuts. I, I can't like, I can't believe this is continuing any further. This should have been simple. Ray made a complaint. You decide, okay, we're going to get an investigation. Okay, he wants a third party. We'll tell him who the third party is. Let him do what he has to do. And when he's comfortable, we'll move forward. Why are they getting involved with... Um, now, I look, again, I get the idea that having someone who's in a movie that you're about to be start going out producing just ragging your company isn't the best look but at a certain point it's just sometimes you gotta just bite the bullet and this is the situation you're in you know like it just I don't know it it just seems like this is he said what was it a desperate and sad game this is what this is this is a desperate and sad game and now all the attention which should have been on the abuse is now on this nonsense and I would hope for Ray's sake, he would understand that. Uh, Warner Brothers, they want the distraction. So them, whatever. 
But Ray, it's like you've now gotten into this tit for tat with them when it didn't have to be like this. You could have went to, a, you know, a Boris Kit. You could have went to, well, I don't know. Maybe none of these people want to have that smoke with Warner Brothers. You could have went to some outlet. Yeah, somebody. Say, somebody to say, I got a story to tell. Sit down. Here's my lawyer. He's going to sit down with me make sure everything's straight. Get your recorder. We're going to talk for an hour about my experience. That could have been easy. One, two, done. I work in news. He could have came to New York one. I would have been. The, I would have gladly produced that segment. It didn't have to be all of this. And look, and then you mentioned him being an actor. Kind of, I do wonder if like the actor brain is kind of working here with the dramatics. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. Is, like you know, regular person brain doesn't act like this. And I'm not saying actors aren't regular people. Of course, I'm just saying they're they're the brain type. Yeah, the brain type I'm talking about mm-hmm. exactly. Regular normal person brain type don't act the way Ray Fisher's been acting for months. Now the actor brain I feel like is 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 motivating a lot of these movements and it's he doesn't care how he looks, so that's fine. But I think for the sake of which credit his, to him, but yeah, but it's it's important though, Kendall, because yeah. this if you're talking about abuse that we're talking about is is systemic when it comes to especially abuse against women and stuff in Hollywood. Like, yeah, you, how you present yourself in these cases matters. Like, it may not matter to you, but if the whole point of this is it's a, it's a larger fight beyond your fight. It's a fight for just making sure that no one has to go through kind of this kind of thing again. Yes, you do need to care about how you're presenting your case. Like, it's not just, I don't care, I'll do whatever I want. It's like, well, that's going to hurt other people in the future who want to present the same case. Because if your case gets so muddied into the water, people are like, oh, this is just another Ray Fisher. Well, you don't want that to be the case, right? So I've supported Ray. I've tweeted support for him. I've said support for him on this show. And I still, still support him. But, now, fam, my question for we you got, guys. We got to stop the theatrics. It ain't. It don't have to be all like this. My, my question for you guys real quick is, do we think we will ever see Ray Fisher in a DC movie past Hell no. uh, Max Snyder's Justice League? There's no way. No, his career. I, mean, I, I don't for, it for many multiple reasons on both sides. Warner Brothers probably doesn't want to work with him, knowing all this, and he doesn't want to work with Warner Brothers. It seems, especially after all this. So no, I especially don't think we'll see him going forward. Um, another parallel I just want to make with regards to this is, I mean, we and me and Kendall had talked in, on Imperial about John Boyega, you know, and some comments that he had been making recently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't expect that situation to have a similar trajectory um and i think I, and i and to they be they ain't gonna say, they ain't gonna say they're not gonna say nothing about it but <laughs> i think to, to give credit to boyega though he was very specific with regards to what his issues were very absolutely specific. he named he names he very named specific the examples of what happened why he's upset about it why he's upset about what what it is that's going yeah. on Fisher has been—he's just been so vague and cryptic. He, he initially, so I mean, I mean, John, John and some of this stuff. Said, some of this stuff was character the, arc. The president of DC Films. It's like, well, I know who it is. I, we you all, know, we know I, who that I is. I have a smartphone. I, right. have, I have access to the internet. Yeah, I can Google it. But like, people that don't know are just like, oh, it's DC president. I wonder who this guy is. Like, say Walter Hamada. How old is Ray Fisher? Is he like? Is he like a very young? Like, I would say I don't know. I'm gonna take a guess and say he's about 28. That's just a ballpark. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sure we can find that. And find yeah, this guy, because something's up. It's Fisher is 32 years old. 32. He's 32. too old to be acting like this. Yeah, 
Yeah, personally, I, that's just it's a little. And erratic. I hate, and I hate to be too. too I'm, not, I'm not trying to be too judgmental. I I don't know what he's been through. Right. You know, and that's, he has, the, that's he has the, the conversation. Mindset. that I'm like, uh, hopefully he's okay. But, like, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully he's doing all right. But yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, this is this has been way too public. Yeah. For way too long. Right. You this know, I mean, it's very just, easily could have been handled either one behind the scenes or, um. To again doing a well, public or just, down. Well, here's or the thing. Just, like, yeah. I, I, here's where I disagree. I disagree with that part in one sense because the, the problem with handling it behind closed doors with these situations is uh, you get you end up getting muzzled and then real change doesn't happen. So well, right. the idea of like going public is to force their hand. But so if, from that standpoint, public, I get it, it, again. There's two options. Like again, I think you can go behind closed doors and get it resolved. But if it doesn't get resolved, like EJ said, you can go back and do this. I think he would argue that he. I think there. I think he would argue that he did go behind closed doors and it didn't get resolved. Right. So if you don't, then do the. Pu- or if you did, then do the public. Well, that's down. what he thinks he's doing now. I'm trying to tell you, Kendall, that I think that he is not. He is not understanding. There's nothing there. Like, right, this, but Kendall, there's, there's no substance to anything he's saying. To me, well, right, like, I agree with that. Look at this. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I don't look great with John Berg and Josh Whedon and Jeff Johns, but this isn't going to make me not watch Star Girl because Jeff Johns is making it. Like, there are worse things right. that they could allege where I would have been like, "Yo, they got to Jeff Johns has to be out of here." Right, like, but Kendall, I, I I agree with all of that. I'm just trying to say, from his perspective, he did the right things and nothing happened, so he's doing Plan B, and and what the problem is is in the execution of Plan B has been very. He, he he said he said what do you call it? He said their their attempt to, to to like discredit him was what was the word he used? Uh, I forgot the word he used, but it was something. It was like SAT. I, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, uh, it was like shatter spot, whatever he called it, whatever that word is. His mm-hmm. his execution has been shatter spot of nailing down what the issue is with DC and being mm-hmm. just forthright and open with the situation. Again, it's very easy what he could have done. You could have went to DC, I, said, yo, man. And look, I want to say this also, real right. quickly. Mm-hmm. I think what he did with Walter was a very important conversation. He was right to do that. He was right to say, if you're going to bring me back, I can't have what happened to me last time. I can't have right. well, my character being just written off because of someone else's vision or my ideas for the character not being taken into consideration. That's how you use your power as a black man in this industry. Um, and I'm happy he did that. He was 100% right to do that. But his problem becomes, again, all you had to do was say, oh, okay, we're DC. You're not going to play ball with me? Okay. Uh, uh, ABC, Lester Holt, um, whoever, like, uh, you know, Samantha Guthrie, who wants to come talk to me? Come to my crib. Bring your lighting. Bring your cameras. Let me have my lawyer with me. Let's see what's up. And I'll tell DC, all right, I'm going on today's show tomorrow. You guys want to have a conversation, or are we going to keep playing games? But he, again, the actor brain in him, feel I feel like he's fun. He's having, not fun, but he's perfectly fine with engaging in the games. And I'm like, why are you engaging in their games? You should yeah. just be focused on rooting or out the abuse. The other, the other the possibility that the stuff he has isn't interesting enough to even those places. Like You and, you think that he may have went to those places, and they were like, we're, we're done I'm, here. I'm not saying he did. Like if he's got what he what he's he's That's making it out we, we to what he has, what he's then about. I would think that like you said they would all take it. But for example, if he went to them with this Jeff Johns thing, they would have been like, "This is nothing, this right? Is, this is Hollywood one on one." And it's 
it's unfortunate that it works like that. But like, but somebody, some if it's not Today Show or ABC Nightly News, somebody's covering it though. I I think that Jeff Johns is a big enough name in this industry. Not anybody where Warner Brothers is gonna blink. Is I guess is my point. Not anybody where Warner Brothers is gonna be like, oh no. They I mean, were they were very they were fine. Clearly they were fine. Ray Fisher talking. I mean, if Ray Fisher came out with with the Jeff Johns thing, I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice about Jeff Johns as a guy. I'd be like, this is, I mean, it's not good. Yeah, just be like, this is. I'd be like, dirty, I'd petty, like, behind like, the scenes. I mean, I don't think you should be doing this. Um, but I'm still gonna watch Star Girl. You know, I'm still gonna watch Doom Green Patrol. Lantern, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I'm just being honest. You know, with regards to. I'm not trying to downplay his, you know, his feelings or whatever's going on. And again, I want to emphasize what Kendall said as well. I don't know is is there something going on? The problem is, as you said, Sham or Kendall, both of you guys said it's it's. I need specifics. I mean, I'm alarmed that Johns may have threatened this young black actor's career. I'm that is not that does not sit well with me. That is something that needs to be aired out, and we need to have a discussion about what was said. But again, I need specifics because. What you may see as a threat, someone else may see something right. different. I'm not saying that excuses what John said, but if you're right. telling me he made a, a veiled, you didn't even say it was a threat. You said it was a veiled threat. I say, well, veiled. Well, now you're telling me it wasn't direct. Well, what did he say? Because right. maybe my interpretation would be different. Because if he, because if it is a veiled threat at a black young black black actor's career who's saying I'm not happy how this is going, threat. saying shut up, black yeah. man, you're right. going to be on this role or else we're going to kick you out of here. Well, yeah, that's problematic. And Jeff Johns, I'm I need some words with you. But exactly. if, if you're not going to give any specifics and you're waiting for this process think, of this investigation, okay, then shut up and listen to the process. Like, I think he's talking about the the, the cyborg thing, you know, the, about the Doom Patrol thing as the threat on his career that, look, you're not going to be cyborg. That's not the impression I got. The impression I got is that there was something different. Because he says here, because I want to again read his quote, he said, uh, Walter, you weren't there. I'm telling you, you weren't there when the man used black channel communication to call me into his office and made the veiled threat to my career. You weren't there when Jeff Johns contacted me in 2018 while I was shooting True Detectives. That's two different incidents. Because one instance, he's saying it was he was called into his office and it was a face-to-face conversation. That was I don't know why he needed black channel communication to get Fisher into his office, right. but that's apparently what he's saying happened. Um, and then the second thing is I was shooting something else. I was on another project and you reach out to me to talk about Jovian Wade. So and so I mean again, none of the other thing was great. The other first thing is very problematic to me on the surface, but I need to know what happened. I, it can't be yeah. there was I mean, a back room conversation and vi- a threat was made. All right, what was said? What happened? Right. Like, like if we don't know that and you're gonna again engage in the games that Warner Brothers is playing with you. You're the one getting played, dude. Like it's right. it's, it's not and, that hard to understand. Last thing I, I just mark up, we got to wrap the show. Sure, I, I think he just needs to. Um, I think he needs to speak to, and maybe he's done this already, and maybe they told him he has nothing, and maybe that's why he's doing this. I think he needs to speak to someone to get some kind of because he he clearly doesn't want to let this go. It's very clear. Right. He needs to speak. He needs to get some kind of legal counsel, yeah, independent, some kind of independent legal analyst to say, okay, what do I have here? Right. He needs. That's what he should be doing. That's right. what he should have done, quite frankly, from the start. Right. Um. You know, especially with something like this, because something this is something that can be handled yeah. through lawyers. 
you don't have to say anything to anybody. Yep. You know, this can be handled through lawyers. If you're so, if you you're, you're so unwilling to listen to people like Walter, yeah, and really anybody with regards to any excuses, you know, lawyer up. You know, I think that is the wise thing to do. I think that's what he should do, and maybe he has done it, and maybe they said, and this this isn't really anything, and maybe that's why he's. He's doing what he's doing now. Well, I'll tell know. you this. There's no way a lawyer would tell him to act the way he's acting. Yes. Well, yeah. Not not a good one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they said, oh, you have nothing. I and, mean, I, I, or, you yeah. know, I can't really do anything with this. I, I'm sorry. And now he's just acting. He's just saying what he, whatever he wants because he has nothing else to do. Right. Because yeah, no good lawyer is telling their client, keep putting out weird, random Tweets, right? Tweets and IG live videos. And yeah, and IG live videos. Right. No exactly. lawyer is telling them that. Like this, he's not following any That's legal he, strategy. Right. He needs to talk to somebody. So I don't know, man. I hope Ray prayers to him. I hope. Um, yeah, I hope he figures the situation out. And you know, if DC and Warren Brothers ever needs to be handled, I hope they get handled. Whether it's Berg, whether it's John, whether it's Whedon, any of them. Yeah. We don't want any kind of abuse, any kind of misconduct. Absolutely. And these, the allegations that were originally presented were very disturbing. And, and again, to me, even even in the stuff Ray said, to me, still disturbing. I don't want to hear a young black actor has an opinion about his role and you're telling him, well, you may not work in this town again if that's what happened. But we need to know if that's what happened. That's the problem is we, we've gone months now and we still don't know what happened because of Ray Fisher. And... My thing is, okay, if you're committed to the process, then don't then then stop talking. There's no need to continue the public conversations. Tell your investigator this is what Hamad has told to me. Tell the investigator this is what not in the John's texted me. Yeah. Tell the investigator this is what John said when he called me in a back room in, in, in a back room meeting. Regardless of what is is going to happen, or regardless of what did happen, I, what I can tell you because all that stuff we don't know. But what I can tell you is that right now, in the court of public opinion, it feels like people are siding with DC and Warner Brothers. Is this shift happening? Yeah. Ray Fisher. Initially, I think people were concerned, like you said. Yeah, but now people concerned. are just. I've seen yeah. people like, ah, oh, just recast them. Can we move on with a new cyborg? Like, and it's like it's unfortunate that people have to react like that. But when you have a guy that's being so, it's, been it's so all his. Bad. It's all his fault, though. You know, yeah. been and that's crazy to me because I still think that Warner Brothers' statement was nuts and looks terrible. Like. Yeah. Like I like that's why I started this saying I, I think how they've handled this is is awful and any good PR company would not be involved with this the way they were today the last few days but again Fisher's actions have kind of it's like watching you know you know uh, it's like watching a Big Ten basketball game the score is 47-42 with two minutes left in the second half it's like this is a terrible basketball but somebody's got to win. Like this is how I feel about this. This is everybody's acting ridiculous right now, and everyone needs to just chill. And 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 again, I hope cool heads prevail, and I hope whatever investigation that's done is efficient and effective. But we got it. This this has got to end. Like I, I'm so sick of this story without any revelations. I'm 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 not. I'm never sick of rooting out misconduct or abuse ever. I'm sick of the games that are being played. And Ray saying they're the ones playing games. I'm sorry, homie. You're playing games too. Let's keep it a buck. So I'm just done with this whole situation. I hope it gets resolved soon. But with these characters, Warner Brothers and Ray Fisher, I don't think it's. I think we've got probably another six months of this. 
Like, I really do. Because these people seem just enamored with playing this game. And it, it's unfortunate. A minute left, guys, on each for each guy. Just real quickly, DC Fandom, next week, um, the, the head, one of the uh, executives over... Adam at Warner Brothers and and uh, Sarnoff, she's the head of Warner Warner Media and Network Groups, uh, said that obviously, uh, Fandom was a great success. To HBO Max, they saw their DC movies on there. Their viewership grew a big deal. She said um, the future uh, they're definitely interested in in regards to monetizing, while also uh, finding a way to you know give something to the fans with these kind of events. A, would you be supportive of that, even if it meant having to pay some money? And B, uh, what are you looking forward to with this next fandom event? Real quickly, Sham first on this. I would be supportive of that. I would pay money um, to see a DC fandom. I mean, we haven't been able to go to San Diego, something like San Diego Comic-Con as of yet. Um, I feel like this would be a good substitute, including for those who aren't able to go for whatever reason. It could be many long list of reasons. Um, so I, I would support that. And I would um, and when it comes to what I'm looking forward to for this next fandom, um, uh, I mean, I think that just, even just the tease of Jason Todd and Titans was enough to get me extremely hyped for that. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to this um, Ed Boon um, panel as well with with the uh, with the uh, injustice. I want to see what else. Even if it's a tease, I want to see what else they've got. Yeah, man. That was one of the things that in our video preview and I had is uh, the thing I was most excited for until they cut that. Yeah, cut it. That's unfortunate. As well as, uh, I don't know if it was me or one of us. Uh, no, well, I mentioned Teen Titans. It's something else I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there will be something for Teen Titans, but Young Justice is something I'm uh, also very excited to uh, finally get unveiled when we see whatever we get from Young Justice uh, yes. Outsiders. So. Uh, yeah, this, this should be cool. I mean, about the, the monetized fandom, I mean, you know, we knew this wasn't going to be free forever. Because you know? <laughs> that was always my question initially. Like, why are they doing this? Like, I was worried about, like, oh, are they trying to steal my data? Like, well, you know, why are yeah. they doing this? I'm but, sure I'm sure that was part of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay, yeah, of at course. At this point, everyone's yeah. trying to steal our data. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> um, but now it makes sense. You know, they give you it for free so that the next time you do it, you kind of feel like you have to because you did it before. So... I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a good strategy, but it's a strategy. You know, they're going to try it. Um, we'll see if it pays off next year or whenever this happens. But uh, this certainly was a unique time to do it. I don't know if it's going to be replicatable or uh, whatever whatever that word. I don't think replicatable is a word. Um, replicable um, yep. in the future years uh, when we're not in a pandemic, hopefully. So, I don't know. We'll see. But... You know, classic Warner Brothers trying to find ways to make money off their things uh, because free content isn't uh, isn't something that they would like to continue giving. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point about um, how how viable is this non-pandemic era? Because in your position where now movies are coming out more regularly and content is available, yeah, like you're not sitting. Yeah, like will I be more willing to? sit there and pay money to see whatever things you're going to put out that I know will be out on the internet minutes after you say it. Um, that's a, a, a question I, I don't have the answer to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, uh, it's it's just, internet's such a different game than, like, doing San Diego Comic-Con where, like, 
you know anybody who has access to that footage is you know shooting it from like their cell phone and it's very easy to get in you know in collaboration with twitter or with facebook or any of these companies say hey if you see any of this take it down immediately and even people who do find it and are able to download it and watch it like now you're watching a crappy iphone picture video of you know a batman trailer like it's different with the internet so i don't know how viable money monetizing this will be i was wondering if there was any way um this was this was going to bring them more money from just doing it period for free uh so we'll see what happens in terms of uh future hopes in terms of what i'm looking forward to i said it on our video we did that you know never uh we never got to see it because they changed the dc fandom model but i would i still want to see what superman lower stuff is going to be there um, I want to know what the show is going to be exactly and have a clear sense of that. Um, and uh, obviously, I think Batwoman is, is the the biggest question mark on DC's television slate right now. Because, again, it's a new actress and they technically didn't finish the last season. So how they even move forward is going to be very, very interesting to follow. So um, we'll be checking that out. DC Fandom, September 12th. So, uh that will be there and i'm sure we will not be doing any kind of crazy videos that we did last time that was crazy but i hope you guys enjoyed all those videos eight videos on dc fandom from uh, a couple weeks ago uh, we will do how to have a podcast and we'll talk about dc fandom stuff that comes out of there that'll be it for this edition though of the new generation hero talk podcast a little bit of a supersized edition we're over two hours and 15 minutes now but i hope you guys did enjoy it hope it was worth it for you guys um, of course, you can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, follow us on social media, on Twitter, New Generation Media. No, excuse me, Twitter, New Generation Pod. On Facebook, New Generation Media. And on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, MCShan22. I'm on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, ActionEJ. Thank you guys for listening in. Shamari for Kendall. I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.